I just got stuck in a bogey train. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bogey Train podcast presented by the Bogey Train Productions. Uh, you got me, Jangs, here this week, episode 25. We have reached a quarter of a century. We are just, we're going to keep trucking along as long as we can. Uh, you got Jangs here with Nick, and we have a special guest uh, returning for the second time in these first 25 episodes, Mr. Drew Mahold is back this week. Uh, yeah, recurring us. guest. I'm a recurring guest officially on per- the show. Appreciate first it. one. First <clears throat> one. Well, unless we count Noah a guest. Noah's like a host. He's like a part-time host at this point. I don't know. I don't yeah, so he's I'll not on en- that call. He's not on enough to be a host, but he's I think he's on too much to be called a guest. So I, you're the first recurring guest, I would say. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I'm honored. Yeah. Drew, how are we doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm wishing I could be golfing, uh, you know, but uh, there's so much stupid snow around here. So uh, we'll have to be patient on that. But uh, the itch is there. So definitely. So am I hearing you will not be returning any invitations to appear on the podcast between the months of April and October? Uh, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll let that. We'll We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That's fair, though, if the answer is yes. Nick, um, how are you doing this week? You know, doing great. Coming uh, to you live from the USGA headquarters. Um, you know, it's kind of got me thinking a couple different things here. Um, are you both able to see that? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> great podcasting. This is good. Uh <laughs> Those of you that obviously cannot see because this is an audio podcast. Nick this is, is this is me at USGA us. headquarters. Yeah, he's showing us the Eric Andre let me in meme, uh, which is classic as always. I've got, <laughs> I've got one more if I can. I just want to talk to him. I just want to talk to him. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got a little uh, family guy action. He just wants to talk to him. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. See, we're we're coming live from two different places, Nick. You're at the USGA headquarters. I'm at the 19th hole. Um, yeah. We would all love to be still... at the 19th hole. <laughs> okay. I had something playing in the background. I... All right. But yeah, so that that's sort of my, my feelings coming, to, uh, you know, just sitting here right outside USGA headquarters uh, after the news this week. But we'll get into that for sure. But I what? just want to talk. That's it. We just want to talk. James, what's up that. with you? <laughs> what's up with me? Uh, you know, just another week, just coming off spring break. Um, Are you at St. Andrews right now? Is that where? I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just at the 19th hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, obviously, I don't know what else is going on here. It's not like anybody's about to kiss their wife or anything. There's just, you know, there's a streaker behind me. Uh so I, I don't I don't really know what's going on. Hopefully they take care of him. Did John Daly end up with two majors or three? Was it just the either way, the fact that John Daly won majors, I think can can get a little under the radar. I think he I know he won a PGA. Yeah, when I he think, was the I ninth he has a, 
Yeah, and the open that that's on your screen there. Yeah, I think just the two. That but uh, when he won the PGA, he was the ninth alternate that week. Hey, sometimes being an alternate is more than enough to get you into the field and get um, you a dub. All right, you play. Uh, you 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 probably played some simulator golf in between last time we talked and now. Is that? Yeah, I played on Wednesday. It was you know nothing special. Garbage. Uh, yeah, struggling to get the ball up. A lot, Which of tops. A lot of tops. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh gosh. Yeah. Did I did I break you? Because I know you were pretty hot before we. Uh, <clears throat> no, I was. Weak things. I, I definitely took a week. I took a week off because we had some parent teacher conferences, and then um, came back last week and was just you know sliding a little bit too much. Probably didn't really look at any videos of the swing, but just could kind of feel sliding a little bit too much getting over the top of it and so uh yeah and Sounds the course like we played was stupid midwest so. golfer in march yeah um all right do we talk about the valspar quickly maybe yeah that um, one guy won that one guy yeah. hit it lefty from a tree and yep, jordan speed yep. choked that's yep that's pretty all much those it, things yeah. are accurate one of the rare scenarios where uh, the guy who wins the PGA Tour event does not actually have a uh, Wikipedia profile. So, I don't shout know. out to Taylor Moore. Oh, Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore, yeah. Uh, I How learned is he about, not on uh, TaylorMade staff with that name, by the way? It seems like a missed was, marketing yeah. opportunity. A, Although, TaylorMade's got their own bigger fish to fry with in terms I was of marketing. Just but thinking, like, how cool would it be if a guy's name on tour was actually TaylorMade? Like yeah, yeah. Like a more. Ping, and, and he's a ping staffer. Or like a Callaway guy. Or like they had another guy named Cal Oway, and he was like a Cal guy. I like that. <laughs> um speaking of TaylorMade, supposedly there's a big announcement with Rory coming out with like I saw that major equipment changes. Uh it was kind of sort of those like when you hear NFL rumors, like I'm hearing something big is so. Uh, who knows yeah. what that will actually I didn't see be, any but... official, like, reliable sources on it yet, but obviously we'll figure that out at some point. Maybe, maybe it'll be something as basic as he's changing driver or something, but... Yeah. He's going to go would, back to the R11S. I would be shocked if it was Rory leaving TaylorMade or something. That would... Especially this close to Augusta. But either way... Um, well, uh, congratulations to Taylor Moore on his big win. <laughs> At the same time, Hopefully congratulations that's water to Lucas Glover. I think he made the cut he, this week. He made the cut? I okay. hope so. <laughs> okay, that's good. We're talking Taylor Moore news. Boy, I sure hope that. Spieth uh, did classic Spieth things. He was uh, going along playing one of the most solid rounds he's played in quite a long time. I think he had three birdies and no bogeys through 14 holes. And then proceeded to hit it a mile into the water on 16 made a really good bogey actually hit a great shot into 17 and hit just a terrible putt um he, he but that's the, the thing about that round is that it still was a typical speed round where like he made some really stupid pars like long putts and like got some bounces off of trees and patrons to knock his ball back into play and stuff leading up to that so it's still like i mean he's He's still due for a win at any time now, but um, it always just baffles me watching him uh, play golf and and the breaks he seemingly gets, whether that's him creating them for himself or whether it's 
the golf gods, if you will. For for the record, Lucas Glover did make the cut, so okay. we are we are safe there for Lucas. Um, I was a little bummed for Adam Shank. I was I was pulling for him a little bit. Uh, seems like a really solid guy, and I kept hearing they were saying he's played ten straight weeks now. It's yeah, so, true. That's, that's a lot of golf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard it a bunch of times. I think that's what they were getting at is he's played 10 straight weeks. That is so let's, let's look here. Season. Yeah. He played. It might be one of those situations where the wife is having a baby soon and he's getting in as much. Oh my gosh. He played the players, the Arnold Palmer, the Honda, the Genesis, the WM, AT&T farmers insurance, the Amex and the Sony Open. So yes, he has played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten straight weeks. There you go. Oh, that is way too much golf. That's a guy who's grinding for FedEx Cup points. He's like the new Sung J M. Yeah, Sung J. That's got to a dangerous level of. He was like, what was it thirty six or thirty seven tournaments he played in one year? Yeah, but when you're Sung J, you're from South Korea. You're young. You're in your like early twenties. You're over in the states. I mean, what else did he have to do? Well, he was just trying to stay out of the Korean military at that point. That's I think true. that's he's still trying to. What does he have to do? Like win a major or get like a win Olympic a major or, or win something? a medal? Yeah. Um. Easy. So always, always pulling for Sung Jay. Yeah, because then COVID hit, and Sung Jay literally did not know what to do with his life because <clears> he he did not have a actual permanent place of residence in the states. He just went hotel to hotel because he played events every week, and uh, so then he had to figure out where to live. He should have. I didn't know I'd be talking Pinehurst about that with uh, Live Barstool or Riggs Barstool, not Live Barstool. Live <laughs> Barstool. <laughs> um, I don't think Sung Jay needs that rubbing off on his swing. Oh, nobody does. Uh, okay, good for okay, good for Taylor Moore. He wins. On, he gets to play Augusta. I'm sure he's stoked about that. Um, Spieth, we kind of talked about. Uh, Adam Shank, that was a little unlucky on the last hole. It was a huge hook he hit off the tee, but he played pretty solid all day. Obviously made a 70, like a 72 footer on the 12th for birdie. Uh, Made a really nice par save on 17, but then got a little unlucky. Had to hit left-handed on 18 and nearly jarred the, what was it, like 30 foot uphill putt. Kind of kind of rattled around the stick a little bit. If if the flag is out, it may have had a better chance. It was, it was definitely, I think, but I think at, at that speed, it had to hit the flag dead center. Yeah. Could have done one of those hit the back of the cup, pop up and then drop. Big news, but the speed miss got him in at solo second. So that helped his paycheck a little bit. Our, uh, our local Slovakian finished T16 this week. Wow. Very under the radar. Yeah. People forget to talk about bronze medalist Slovakian. That was a silver medal. Thank you very much. Same yeah. thing. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Fun fact. Actually, this. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rory Sabatini is my Facebook friend. <laughs> okay. Well, Jenks, doesn't uh, doesn't Cameron Tringali follow you on Twitter? He does follow me on Twitter. What go. a, yeah, well, you got to use the connections and DM him to get on, get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. We just, we just talk like, about his, blame him about, talk the, about his lack of. <laughs> Lack of tour victories. <laughs> yeah, lack I, of tour plays. I saw. I saw someone with uh, <laughs> showing us Rory Sabatini's friend friends. On Facebook. That is sick. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's truly a Slovakian legend. Yeah. He, um, for what it's worth, he's the guy that like accepts a friend request from everybody. He's got five thousand friends, so yeah, I don't know. I think that I think how that I might be the, the Cameron Tringali situation. Yeah, too. he follows following like 10 or like, 20k. Yeah. Oh, what a joke. <laughs> but hey, I'm one of that 20k. So he's just trying to gain uh grow the game for live, just trying to get more people. This is but this has been like years. This was like five, six years ago. Like when he was oh, living with the Ricky. He follows twenty nine thousand people. Yeah, but he followed me like back when he was living with Ricky and stuff like like it was a long time ago. Well, yeah. no. well, the high um, flyers came up short today. Real, he tried though. so sad. I I don't I don't actually know which team ended up winning, but I saw someone saying we got a we got a Chucky three sticks win on Live so far this year, and now Danny Lee they're saying it's definitely going to be Cameron Tringali the next the next one to win. Chucky three sticks apparently was in contention again today too. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I can't actually pull so, up the leaderboard because the website's not working, but yeah, shocker. So I'm going to do my li- uh, little leader. Tommy Fleetwood. Here. Oh, here you go. Here Tommy you go. Fleetwood. I, I, we got to talk about Tommy. Cause I know uh, there was some skin in the game with drew. There was, there was, it was sad. He it's had the worst typical... shot of all time. I think on uh, that part five, that it was kind of a typical tournament. Tommy Sunday, right? I'm going to start calling Tommy the cougar. Yeah. Right. Dude, yeah. I I learned about that too. That was so wild when I read that. I didn't think it was true, but but yeah, yeah Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, he's always he he went back again to his sort of original putter style. He's been tinkering around recently. I, I saw last week at the players he was using like the Justin Rose putter, like the Axis One. This week he went back to his like uh, yeah. blow neck whatever. But I, putting is still his still his issue super super cool swing really fun to watch but he just needs to he's got the the brooke henderson choke down uh choke down the grip a little bit on every swing yeah he just uh i don't know i don't know what it what it is he just doesn't he was he was just reeling all day today though like you could tell he just didn't have his his stuff and he was just kind of band-aiding the round a little bit and then finally that it kind of unraveled with that that second shot on 14 uh, yeah, that was absolute jail. There was nothing he could have done there. No, well, I mean, well, he could have hit a better golf shot. But well, I mean, yeah, it was, from where he was. Yeah, I was, I was. As soon as I, literally, I turned off. Uh, I shouldn't say I turned it off. I was still following, but I gave up my hope on on my my skin in the game when when that shot and I saw where the ball ended up up the lip of the bunker. I'm like, yeah, that's no chance. He had like he had like ninety percent of that remaining shot was covering the bunker and then the pin was right tucked by the it's like just yeah. no chance it's uh it's got to be tough though when your your wife is going through menopause and you got to try and go out and play for a win yeah. on the pga it's, tour we, so. we have to we have to respect the mental health of these players <laughs> and what they're going through off the course sometimes we have to realize these are people yeah uh, so when they have things going on you know it's important to yeah that's a good point shout out taylor moore shout out lucas glover Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we just get right into the uh, bogey train of the week. I, I got I got a couple people I got to talk about first here. Well, first, I need to update from last week. So, of course, we gave Max McGreevy some guff last week because I think he was he either won or tied for bogey train of the week. I can't remember how we decided. He that tied. Last week. We uh, we gave it to both of them. To, yeah, we gave it to Taylor Montgomery as well uh, as he lit like a million dollars on fire in a three hole stretch. Uh, <laughs> Tough, but. Um, so the caddy bibs this week apparently just had nicknames on them instead of the player's last name. 
And so uh, Max McGreevy's caddy, it's just said Mr. 89 on his back all week. So I shout a respect to Max McGreevy for leaning into it and uh, having some fun with it instead of uh, taking it too seriously. So just a legendary 69-89 at TPC Sawgrass last that, week. That's nice. Um, shout out to uh, our local D-bag, um, Dylan Fratelli, with the miscut this week. Very proud of him. Um, yeah, we sort of have a Dylan Fratelli vendetta on this. Uh, yeah, I need to, what, what's the what's the origin of that? So it goes back to the AT and T Pro Am when all those guys withdrew before the final round when it got yeah, moved yeah. to Monday, and I basically disavowed every single single person that withdrew, so I don't cheer for any of them. Uh, Fair that withdrew right. from that. Understand? Well, yeah, it, it was the people that withdrew, so then their their amateur didn't have like they weren't able to finish the tournament yeah. because their the the pro withdrew. Um, so that's that's Jang's problem with it. Mine is just yes. because he's extremely annoying on social media. Like on Instagram, he comments on every single post that's golf related in the entire world somehow. So maybe he has all the time to do that when he misses the cut. But yeah, yeah. He, has a, he has a he's a major champion, so I would I would give him some respect. Dylan and, Fratelli, uh, what did yeah. he win? John Deere. Oh, true. <laughs> the true. the second shout out goes to one Wesley Bryan because I saw on Twitter this week his brother was lighting it up. Was like, dude, how do you have the featured group on the same hole as the current leader, and you still can't show the current leader? Uh, which at this point Wesley Bryan was like two under through three, proceeds to go seventy seven seventy seven, finish second to last. So shout out Wesley Bryan. So for that. his brother just just wanted to see some live golf shots from. Yeah, he's he's wondering why the featured group coverage didn't cover him when he wasn't in the featured group. Yeah, and if he would have seen some golf shots, he would have seen a double and then a birdie and then a par and then a quad. So he's searching. He's you know what? What do you have? A T six at Puerto Rico? Yeah, yeah. He's trending. Okay, he's it's it's coming. Wes, Wesley Bryan. You don't uh, just get you, you, you gotta work for a T6 in Puerto Rico. You don't just get handed out something like that at such a prestigious event. I think I saw did exactly. Akshay miss the cut so too deep. this week, or did he make the cut? No, he missed the cut. Uh we'll get to Akshay. Okay. So uh who's your bogey train of the week? Did we did we get to that? Um my bogey train of the week. I don't don't know the guy's name. I just saw it on Twitter this week. It was a screen grab of a scorecard from I think a Monday qualifier or something like that. But it was this guy's back nine. Uh, so starting on hole 10, he goes par, quad, quad, double, birdie, quint, bogey, bogey, bogey for a 53. Hey. On the back nine. He found something the, on 14 the, there. The, the putts just were not falling. <laughs> he, he had a little glimpse he was just there burning on 14. The edge. Yeah. Just kept flipping it out. Those days happen. A lot. Yeah. Oh, it's I like, forgot to uh, shout out James like, Hahn, too. It's like Palingo on uh, hole nine at Prairie Winds. Just couldn't quite find it. <laughs> <laughs> James Hahn made the cut this week, boys. He tied for second. Or no, uh, third in in that tournament, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if he just makes a double bogey, he wins the tournament. <laughs> Classic. And he finishes under par with a nine or, well, it would have been a six or seven. But, yeah. Yeah. James Hahn made cut this week. So shout Good out for to him. him. Good for him. Glimpses. He's trying to get himself into those elevator designated events for next year. Uh, Nick, what's your bogey train of the week? 
my bogey train of the week uh goes to akshay um ah not nothing not because it was uh a crazy bad bogey train but just because it was personal for me he was in my fantasy group um i was looking very good to have five out of my six guys make the cut which would have helped me immensely over the weekend i probably would have ended up winning and uh but akshay bogeys 14 15 and 16 in round two birdied 17 but he ended up missing the cut by i think one shot uh which ended up being the difference in uh me taking home a few nuggets so um, oh boy the, the akshay akshay three straight bogeys uh costed me a few bucks the nerves week. got to him down the stretch trying to make a cut he well, actually yep. he's gonna win soon though that guy that guy strikes the crap out of the ball yeah and i'm just glad to see he has a real caddy on the bag now and not just like his girlfriend yeah probably a a worthwhile investment when you're playing for millions if we're nominating three straight bogeys last week's winner max mcgreevy also had three straight bogeys uh you see it wasn't just the three straight bogeys it was it was the context and how it affected me personally i think i think you need to just name this the max mcgreevy Bogey train award. The, the Max McGreevy bogey train of the week. Yeah. Yeah. If I, but, I, I got, I'm going to nominate a, a, uh, just a, an honorary bogey train of the week award. And I, I'm going to give it to Bryson DeChambeau. I haven't even looked at his scorecard. I imagine he had three straight bogeys at some point. I actually, uh, I, the week. I tried to look at it and it wasn't like super bad. I don't even know well, what he finished at. Again, I couldn't pull he's up finished, the He finished 44th out of 48. There had to have been a bogey train. And if not, I don't care. I just wanted to mention that he's like awful now. Uh, so remember the, the glory days of Bryce DeChambeau when he said that Augusta was a par 67 and then Bernard Longer beat him in that same tournament. So, well, he has uh, yet to make a cut. So at, or he has yet to shoot under par. If that was the, uh, I was, was going to say, par. I don't think there's, he does not have a finish better than 10th, uh, in his live career. Um, that's not great. Yeah, and, he's bad. Uh, he's just bad now. Ah, uh, shoot. Where was I going to go with that? Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet. I think it was no laying up um, just about how, gosh, I think two years ago, uh, right after Bryson won the Arnold Palmer and had a pretty high finish at the players. Um, I don't know what his OWGR was at that point, but Data Golf had him as the third best player in the world. And uh, right now, Data Golf has him at 103. And they tweeted that out, and then someone responded saying, uh, "Why are we even still quoting the world rankings? Everyone knows those are irrelevant." <laughs> he just responded, <laughs> "Reading is hard, I know, because the data golf ranking incorporates everything." <laughs> so here's what I here's what I have for the best uh, Bryson DeChambeau bogey train nomination. Uh, we have a stretch where he goes bogey par, bogey bogey par, bogey par, eagle bogey double. Our birdie bogey. That's yeah. So, that is There's, crazy. There, there was He's a bogey train there that just had a couple of stops to pick up some passengers and drops them off. It's kind of like a transit going through the suburbs of twin cities, you know? Yeah. And the thing about all these live like fanboy accounts, like, I don't know if they're trolling or if they're serious at this point, but like, they'll just like, like the Phil Mickelson trackers, like they'll show one iron shot. He put close to like, see Phil, like Phil's feeling it. Like he's trending towards Augusta. Like they're saying all these players are like, watch out for them at Augusta. It's like, they're like objectively, none of them are really playing that good. No, especially, especially the big names. 
Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, the, the, the people supporter. winning. It's like oh yeah, I forgot about him. He was like, he was he may he would get a top ten like twice a year on tour, the PGA tour. Yeah, and even like the people saying, okay, well, you know, DJ is still a top five player in the world. Okay, maybe, but he's not even playing that good on live right now. I don't know. I don't know. There's just a lot of fake anger created because at this point now we're over the whole thing and it's like, go do your thing. That's fine. I'm probably not going to watch it. And I'll probably stick to the, what I like in the PJ tour. That's if you guys like to live, that's fine. That That's um, the thing. Like you just can't really tell how well they are playing and then you just want to see them in the majors. So then, yeah, we'll find out in the majors, how good they're playing. And if, if DJ or Cam Smith wins a live event like that, truly it doesn't, mean anything to me but if they're in contention at the masters that'll mean something to me yeah i, I just know I just wanna, to be terrible i'm looking at the live leaderboard right now and i need someone to make something make sense for me okay. <laughs> so i don't know how this playoff went anything like that but they have the okay. scoreboard there and it says playoff danny lee minus one he won the playoff and then it says carlos ortiz plus one he got second. Brendan Steele and Louis Oosthuizen both shot even in the playoff, but finished third and fourth. So, like, I don't know if Carlos Ortiz like birdied the first playoff hole and then made a double or something. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but that doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't that make is, sense. You gotta watch the broadcast odd. on the CW to find out. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I don't know if they just had if it was sudden death, and then if someone, yeah. I think in general, I just need to know what kind of drugs they were on when they created the concept for the their leaderboard on their website. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's yeah, like the 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 average golf follower that might tune in and like check on the leaderboard is going to have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that little graphic that shows last five holes, but then it goes like in the other direction of what they're like. You want to read it left to right but it's actually right to left or I, I remember one time I was looking at it and I was like, I was looking at the last five holes. It shouldn't make you think this hard. It's stupid. No, no. To say what hole did they start on and what are their scores on each hole? Golf, but louder and less organized. Golf, but louder. I wonder okay, what so hole Danny Lee started on today. It was a three hole playoff. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. I don't know if we need to get into live any, any, I'm just trying to make it make sense. Well, it doesn't. a lot None of it, it does. doesn't. A lot of it doesn't. Uh, let's see. Talked about PJ Tour. Oh, there was a piece of live news, and I didn't put it on there, so I forgot it. Okay, well, must not have been that important. Uh, should we just get into the golf ball situation? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it says Ortiz was eliminated after the first extra hole when he went long, chipped to six feet, and missed the par putt. So he was the first one eliminated, but he finished second. How the f- does that work? Well, technically, they all get a T2 uh, since they were all in a playoff, uh, but the live leaderboard That's doesn't. just stupid. Yeah. So they had four guys on the podium? So, like... I don't know. I guess. Why don't you watch it if you're that interested? I don't want to watch it. I just, I want it to make sense. Uh, I should probably find the USGA, uh, the statement. Uh, yeah. Bear with me. Yeah, okay. Um, so, essentially, the oh. USGA and RNA, what? Can I can I ask Drew a question before we go to the this? 
Yes. Drew, we had a discussion on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you uh, listened or if you've heard of this, but there's a little discussion that came up that was, what are the five most popular golf courses in the world? So if you you had to rank the five most popular, so like either most popular to you or like most popular to people that maybe don't know a whole lot about golf, but you ask them, hey, what's popular, like well-known? Yes, like most famous, most well-known. What would your top five be? Like if there was a poll that went out that said, name the five most famous courses, what do you think like the average, like the public or the average? I think, get, yeah, I think around the world. Yep. I think you can get a lot of, a lot of courses overseas. So like the old course, um, God, maybe some of those like, like, like Turnberry or like, um, what's the what, Carnoustie some of those um I guess I'm not exactly totally familiar with the ones over there but like also you have to think like Pebble and Augusta as well so between between the four people that we have talked to Nick we've gotten four very similar answers uh well, Augusta the old course and Pebble every everyone has those three yeah I said I said maybe Turnberry or uh, Carnoustie. Um, I said possibly Pinehurst and Royal County down. Uh, we also mentioned TPC Sawgrass. Was oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had the, TPC yeah. Sawgrass yeah. Uh, with the with the Island Green, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So I think I had not Royal County down. Actually, I think I had those three that we mentioned, and TPC Sawgrass and Pinehurst and I Lake thought, Region well, Golf Course. Yeah. So well, four of them are American, but I thought that still might be. I mean, I just figured I'd ask Drew the question. That will be something we can I, ask I mean, all our guests. I'm I'm just looking through the lens of a golf fan, I guess. Um, yeah. But there's more to it than that, and and but I, I, Augusta has to be on there just because you know the biggest major in men's golf is there every single year. Um, I didn't know they had the every, PGA Championship there. And then nobody shuts up about the about the history at old, the old course every time the the opens there. So you know, but there that's kind of that does kind of in a way lead into this discussion about the golf ball because it seems okay. like that the the low scores at the open kind of I I, I think what happened was it it was people they were just ripping it up and I think the the governing bodies got together and said we don't want our historical old course to be this easy anymore. Yep. So let's, let's talk about balls. Yeah. And honestly, I was thinking about that a lot this week and just the whole thing with the old course. Um, it kind of, kind of made me wonder, I don't know if, if this is blasphemy to just even ask this, but is the old course overrated? It is. It is. It's, I think it is. Um, it's definitely hyped up because of the history of the game. And I I mean, it it deserves its own, it deserves its flowers because of the history of the game and all that, but it's just not a modern course. And I think it needs to be treated as not a thing of the past. Not that you can't ever have a big event there, but like it needs to, it's, and I don't, I think it'll happen is people will gravitate away from it as sort of this iconic venue, just because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't suit the modern game anymore. And if you have a calm day there, it's the most boring course ever. So that's kind of my, like you really today, like in today's game, you really got to firm it out. 
and get some wind for it to play anything close to what it did in its heyday as the home of golf. Well, and then firming it out and getting some wind. I mean, if it's firm and then a certain hole is downwind, I mean, that will make holes That's true. drivable that weren't supposed to. I mean, I think the 18th hole, as far as like uh, recognizable courses in championship golf, I think it's one of the worst finishing holes like that there is. I, I really think, do not like the 18th hole. I think they need to put the pin right in the middle of the Valley of Sin. <laughs> yeah, so it's like mini golf? Yeah. Uh, okay. So on Tuesday, I think, I think the reports came out Monday, but it was officially released Tuesday. The USGA and the RNA, uh, proposed a rule change. So is what is considered a model local rule. Uh, we could probably just abbreviate that as MLR going forward. So we don't have to keep saying that, uh, that would for quote unquote elite competition, it would basically require a golf ball the golf ball to meet new standards for testing. So the way it is currently is that the way they test the golf ball um, at 120 miles an hour, uh, the ball can't go more than 317 yards. And the change would bring that club head speed up to 127. So that would mean that uh, at a testing club head speed of 127 and however their launch characteristics are optimized, I'm not exactly sure, you know, as far as angle and attack and spin numbers and everything like that. But uh, so now at 127 miles an hour of club head speed, the ball can't go farther than 317 yards for elite competition. Uh, this, if it's adopted, it would take effect January of 2026. and. Um, I mean, that's basically the uh, the cliff notes of it. Um, it says the new proposed uh, test or uh, testing requirements could result in a distance decrease of at least 15 to 20 yards, perhaps more off of the tee. So um, should I just go into some of the reasons why they did it or get quick reactions? Maybe just some of the reasons why. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with the old course. So it's basically, I mean, the USGA has been looking into the effect of uh, the distance that players are hitting the golf ball for quite a while. And then in 2018, they opened up uh, an actual study on it, which led to the results, which uh, led them to making the decision that they have just made. Um. And so the statement was in part a notice to manufacturers, right? Because com the company's got to make this ball. It's a it's a totally different, um, totally different parameters to the golf balls that they're producing now. And basically, their their thought is the way the way distance is going in the game um, is that courses are becoming obsolete, and courses are needing to constantly lengthen to to keep up with how far players are hitting it, especially if they want to host championships and that it's unsustainable going forward. Uh, Mike Wan, he is the CEO of the USGA. I listened to a lot of what he was saying, explaining the decision. And basically he's saying it wasn't to address the problem today, but he, he uh, their mindset was more looking forward and what it might look like you know, a decade or two decades or three decades from now in the future. And they think the way that distance is increasing, 
that it's unsustainable for golf going forward. So they wanted to do something now so that it doesn't get to that point in the future. Uh, all right. Who, who wants to, I guess I have just questions in general because I, I hear the golf course argument. Um, and I, it makes sense to me in, in theory for, for the courses affected you have to, to, to make the, the tournament competitive and, and keep up with the distance on the average distance gains that you've seen. Of course, it's like a gust to have to keep lengthening holes or, you know, any core, any major championship course has to keep lengthening holes, um, to stay, uh, stay viable. And so that makes sense. And then even if you're, if you're not talking at that level, maybe the step below of championship courses that, want to host maybe state events or things like that. And you want it to be a respectable tournament. You know, maybe there's added property that you need there. And then, uh, I, th I know another argument that was made was if you need to, if you're trying to build a course and make it viable for, ch for championships, you need more land. If you need it to be a longer course and more land means more maintenance, which means more people and more hours and more resources, et cetera. So that part I understand and I, and I get it. And, um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, perhaps, uh, it's, it's and in that, in that sense, it's almost like too late. Like the, the changes to the tech is almost late and it's behind and players have gotten so used to the tech now that it's tough to roll it back. But the other thing I, I just, I keep going back to is like how, I mean, there, we're talking about a, you know, tiny, tiny fraction of courses that this even, even impacts. And so, and these courses that are impacted probably have the money or the resources necessary to do this stuff. So I just, I think it's, it's a, it's a pretty drastic solution to, it's just kind of taking the words from Titleist and JT. I know they said this phrase quite a bit was like a solution to a problem that didn't exist. I think there's a potential problem. I don't think it's a problem now, but I could see it becoming a problem, but I think the solution is just an overreaction to where things are. I think 99.999% of golf and golf courses are just not that affected by this right now. Um, and so I think that's, I think it's just a little too much. And then the second issue, of course, we can get into maybe enough the discussion later, but just the, the separation of amateur and pro golf is, is going to be ginormous here. And I don't think they realize that the, the can of worms that are going to be opened by making it a, an MLR. Thanks. I mean, <clears throat> I guess my just opinion on it is like I I don't like it. Like like Drew kind of said there, you're you're putting this separation in between between professional and amateur golf where you know one of the cool things about golf is anybody can go to any course. And I mean, we could go play TBC Sawgrass from right, uh, right now from the same tees that they play in the same condition. And it's just, I mean, it's a cool thing that it's the only sport where you can do that. In basketball, you can't just go play against professional basketball players. In football, you can't play against NFL players. But in golf, you can play the same course with the same equipment and you can just see how much better or how much worse they are than you. And now we're, I mean, yeah, I get maybe there's a distance problem, yada, yada, but we're, we're taking 
kind of this part that that makes golf relatable between the the amateur players and the professional players and we're we're potentially throwing that out the window here um and i mean there there's got to be a, another way to go about this and if a change even needs to be made i mean technology changes over time if you look at any sport you know 50 60 years ago compared to now things have changed you know footballs 50 years ago were not the same as they are now Football 50 years ago wasn't meant for Patrick Mahomes to come out and throw for 400 yards a game, yet what are we doing? We're throwing for 400 yards a game. You know, basketball, there there was no three-point line. Hmm. I mean, people couldn't even dunk when basketball was first made. People couldn't jump 10 feet, but now everyone's dunking and shooting threes. So do we need to get rid of the three-point line or move it back and get rid of dunking? Like, it's just, it's a dumb solution. You're changing the game to to solve this, yeah. this problem it's, that it's, really might not even be that big of a deal. That's the other thing too, that I've been kind of thinking about is just the natural evolution of the competition and how every other sport you've, that natural evolution has existed or the games changed slightly just due to athletes becoming better or the, I guess, entertainment value. Um, you know, I, I, I guess a need or a spike in, interest on let's say three point shots, right? Like that makes basketball more entertaining. Um, to watching Steph Curry launch, you know, a 35 footer and drain it is, is way more entertaining than, you know, with like, imagine the warriors playing without a three point line. And so these other sports, any other game, either pro level has just evolved naturally to become more entertaining and become more fun for the viewer. And then also uh, kind of become a modern game in its own sense. And golf, it's just, it seems like there's just a lot of people that are in the USGA and the RNA kind of offices that believe their way of golf, which a lot of them are probably older and, and their and golf in their prime years was a different game than it was now. And they feel like their, their game was better than the game is now. And so they, get the, they're the ones that get to make this decision. Um, and like you said, I kind of agree with what you're saying. It's just, it seems like it's an overreaction to something that may or may not be a problem in the grand scheme of golf. Um, but it's just, it seems like, you know, a, a, an organization, a couple of organizations that want to have control over something that doesn't really need to be controlled to that level. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> I'm kind of just going along with what I was, what I was saying. Like if people are going to go out and for four rounds, shoot 30 under, I, what what is the real issue with with that? Like, right? If the records if are meant to be broken, out, if it's a scoring <clears throat> record issue, like they're like, yeah. If they're going to go out and they're good enough to to shoot thirty under over a four round tournament, let them shoot thirty under. They're the ones that have worked their tails off and gotten to the place yeah. they are to be able to do that. Like, I just I don't see what the the big deal is with it, but. Okay, so I have here a number of reasons that. Um, I put down that I've been hearing, you know, a lot from the side that, you know, think this was the right move or maybe they didn't even go far enough. Um, so a few things just going to uh, what you just said about, you know, this is just the players getting better. You know, a lot of people would say, well, maybe a lot of that is due to the equipment. The ball is going farther. The clubs are getting better and better. They're 
easier uh you know they're continually getting easier to hit straight no matter where you're hitting it on the face all of this sort of stuff so how much of it really is the evolution of the players getting better and better at the game versus the equipment um maybe removing some of the integrity from the game um we touched on it earlier like certain courses becoming obsolete or not playing as intended so like you know uh for example if there are certain bunkers or hazards or contours or um, any architectural features of the course that were meant to be sort of dealt with by the players, maybe off the tee or something like that. And now the players can just sort of carry it instead of um, interacting with it as the architect might have intended. Um, you know, they would say that bifurcation has always been a thing in the sport. Uh, you know, one way might be, you know, the different local rules that are in place for some of the elite events. Or, you know, the fact that they can't use range finders or distance devices and amateurs can when they're playing. Um, the fact that they have, you know, special tour issue only equipment that they have access to that uh, the average public doesn't. Um, the the effect of pace of play, you know, when all these courses are adding new tee boxes to try to keep up with the distance and maybe, you know, a tee box will be um just behind a green so then they have to wait for the group behind to put out before the next group can tee off and all of this sort of stuff we saw some of that at southern hills last year um a lot of people are saying well you know this is you know these people are the experts and they've been you know doing a study on this for over four years now you know that you should probably trust the conclusions that they're coming to that distance is a significant problem that needs to be addressed um you know and then as far as comparisons with other sports, um, as far as changing things, uh, one of them that I saw a lot was the fact that uh, Major League Baseball plays with a wooden bat versus, you know, different levels that, um, you know, it is a, a, a change in equipment, you know, to try to, um, I guess, limit how. Yeah. Uh, and that one, I mean, yeah, that one, that like one that. actually aligns pretty well. Like. Because obviously, if you get these major league hitters with a, ma a metal bat, that would that would be kind of nuts. Yeah, that's probably it's one of the closer equipment analogies that is out there. Um, a lot of people are trying to you know make comparisons with other sports. I think you got to be pretty careful just because golf is so much different, and in, in the fact that there's no you know your opponents can't play defense against you. It's really just you and your equipment against the golf course and seeing, you know, if you can play the golf course better than everyone else. Um, but I, you know, I have, I have things that would, that would respond to some of those, but um, as far as those, you know, reasons for it, do you guys have anything to say well, to that? Another thing I just, I kind of thought of too, in terms of the, the bifurcation part and because you're going to get now a separation in like, because that's the part that really gets me about this whole thing. Like if they have to make a change to the golf ball or equipment, first of all, I think it should be with the drivers rather than with the golf ball, but that's another issue. Um, but I, I, because I think we would kind of fall into this sort of group of players um, where we like to play our recreational golf. Um, we like to play with friends or play, in my case, playing like a men's club, uh, things like that, where you play every week with some guys, there might be a little bit of skin on the line. Uh, there might be, uh, some side games or whatever, where it's not 
elite competition as uh, as labeled by the USGA and RNA, but it's something I still want. I still want to win at. I still want to beat my friends. I still want to win this league competition, right? Um, but then on the flip side, if I do want to participate in a quote unquote elite competition, which might be a you know, a Minnesota state, uh, MGA event or a Minnesota state qualifier or a U.S. open qualifier, any of those things, um, that becomes an issue because if this goes into effect in 2026, I either have to play this new ball all the time, which will hurt my chances of winning some of those competitions, or I have to, um, adopt both of these balls and adopt two different sets of yardages and play two different styles of golf uh, and manage those both, which seems like a gigantic disadvantage to these people who are just significant ambassadors to the game of golf. Um, so I think in that sense, the game is going backwards by kind of I- isolating those individuals and making them take on more, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I just don't know where they will, <clears throat> excuse me, where they'll draw the line with this elite competition. Like, what will all be included? Will it only be professional yeah. events? That's the, also, will I mean, that's the other like part. A, like they're, 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 state it amateur? bothers me that they're taking their hands off of that part and trying not to be the ones responsible for drawing that line because now it leaves up to everybody else. And it's going to be a complete can of worms when like the Minnesota state events here, like if, if they draw the line there and they are like, this is a not elite competition. All right. Well, that's going to be a crazy thing then for somebody that wants to, you know, try to Monday qualify for the 3M open or yeah. somebody that would I mean any of those things. Like it's a yeah. whole thing. They're trying to, that's the thing that like they're being, I don't want to say cowards about it, but they're being totally soft and not making a drawing a line there at all and saying, well, we're just going to let everybody else decide that. Um, basically take you saying like, cause then when it does happen and there is that can of worms out well, on our problem, we didn't make the de- final decision on that. Well, yeah. it, you're, you're starting the whole thing and getting this whole thing. And it's, it's people like us, are the ones that are, you know, inherently ambassadors for this game. And it makes it really hard for us to try and give back to it when these the USGA and RNA are kind of screwing us over here. Yeah, I'm looking at like like right now with uh, this Ludwig Auberg, who's been, you know, playing pretty well on the PGA Tour the last mm-hmm. few weeks as an amateur. And I'm, it's just making me think like, you know, college. Like certain college tournaments, maybe they'll say this is an elite competition. You have to use this ball. Certain college tournaments, if they just leave it up to anybody to choose, like certain competitions, maybe one ball, certain, maybe a different. Or like if all college and all amateur competition is with the not, so to speak, uh, what's the word? Like devolved golf ball, yeah. uh, rolled, the, rolled the, back yeah. golf ball. Uh, and then you have someone the who's Pro an amateur. Too. Yeah. Like you have someone who's an amateur like Auberg who is playing with a a normal golf ball and then has to go play one of these PGA tour events using a ball that he's maybe never used before ever. Like what, what are we doing here? And I mean, I, I'd much rather see if this is a problem now and they've pointed out, like, this is something that we see in the next 10 or so years that is going to be an issue. Then put a hard stop to it right now and say, all equipment just needs to be where it's at. Like, don't keep allowing for drivers to get straighter and straighter. Don't keep allowing for golf balls to go farther. Just set a wall right where we are that you can't break through rather than going backwards because going backwards is only going to lead to different issues. Yeah. 
So there's so much I could say to this and I'm trying to gather my thoughts a little bit. I, I agree largely with what you said, Drew, about how, you know, this is them doing something, but also not at the same time, because, you know, just the fact that it's a model local rule rather than a rule, you know, is sort of because, you know, one of the, one of the loudest pieces of feedback that they heard was just whatever you're going to do, just do not let it affect recreational play because that, you know, they, they heard loud and clear that that was going to be received very poorly, which I, yes, I totally get it. I totally get why people wouldn't want to do that, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with you that if you're going to do it, you got to just, I would have rather it was just an across the board for a lot of the reasons you said. So, which is easy for us to say, I mean, there's millions and millions of recreational players that, don't hit it very far. And the last thing that they're going to want to hear is that now they're going to lose five yards. And so it kind of brings me to one of the things Mike Juan was saying was like, yeah, well, we did this with like 30,000 golf courses in mind. Like we, and that's just, that's just disingenuous. There's, there's not 30,000 golf golf courses (laughs) that are like the average, any average course, any average player, they're probably playing from a tee that's too long. Okay, so they're probably playing a course that's too long for them. So this is this is much more about championships at the highest level and either, you know, new courses that are being built with aspirations of hosting big championships or the ones that already exist that feel like, you know, maybe they're being left behind as far as distance goes. I mean, don't don't say things that it's about, you know, all of the courses that are, you know, within the scope of the USGA and RNA because that's just it's just not true. Right. No. And when you say things like that, it just, it, you know, it, it makes me doubt the other things you, that you're saying. Um, so Nick, before yeah, you go any that? further here, um, kind of one other point too, that I just kind of thought of was uh, you mentioned this, uh, you know, they need more land for, for farther back tees and these, these courses aren't being played playing as intended. If we're looking at championship level courses, that is what they're looking for for this this golf ball rollback. We're looking at courses that either one have enough money to purchase land to expand, and I'm not going towards that point. But the other point is, if there is a certain hazard, there's something that is built that was meant to be played towards or played around. Most of these courses have enough money to just extend that hazard, like. If you're looking at like a bunker that was meant to be, you know, it's got, it's a risky carry if you want to go over this bunker, but now it's too short. A lot of these courses have enough money to just move that bunker back 20 yards and have it play the exact same. I mean, yeah. And I have actually a quote here from report number 33, uh, as far as the USGA distance insight Um, report number 33, how golf courses change. This is just a snippet from there. Um, they say it is likely that most existing golf courses will maintain a relatively consistent footprint into the future. There were significant increases in hitting distance over the study period, yet uh, only an average increase of the footprint by 0.7% in this 80-course sample. Moreover, courses that opened from the 1940s to the present experience an average decrease in footprint of 0.8% over the study period. Even courses that added significant amounts of distance with new tees or moved greens did not necessarily add much to their footprint. Um, 
So, I mean, that's basically stating that courses that have done a lot to actually keep try to keep up with distance um, as far as adding length with moving greens or new tees and things like that, uh, generally, as just a matter of statistic fact, have not increased in their footprint. And courses that have, it is vastly more likely that it was due to practice facilities rather than um, lengthening the course. So that was right. just... So we're, I mean, we're talking about a, a very small number of golf courses that will, that this is designed for. Um, yeah. And this I isn't don't designed think for cattail crossing. This isn't designed for any, essentially any public course, maybe a few very tiny, small amount of public courses, um, that are being played by the weekend warrior. This is about the highly prestigious country clubs and, and public courses that are hosting, elite competitions, um, which is a very small percentage of the, the courses out there. And yep. they're making the sweeping change to the entire landscape of, of competition because of that. So, um, uh, yeah. and it, and it's like, and it, it, in a way it, it, like it does because now these it's, I just, yeah, the, it, like people like us are the, the people that are hardcore golfers that are bringing the game forward and on a lesser extent than these, obviously like, I know that's what kind of where Justin Thomas is going with some of his comments before the Vals bar as an ambassador of the game, growing the game, trying to bring the game forward. Um, obviously we are at a much, much lesser extent than that. Um, but in a, in a very, you know, uh, microscopic way, we're doing the same thing as him in the sense of, um, trying to influence others to join golf and, play more golf and make it more available to other people and more exciting for other people. And in the future, there's going to be, you know, people that are at our level um, or maybe that's junior golfers now that will be playing soon uh, and trying to get to that elite level. They're going to have to, at some point, if this goes through, make that transition from a normal ball to a competition ball. Um, and or at, at some point, and that's going to be a frustration level that they'll have to go through if they're going to want to play at the highest level. Um, that I just think is like, like Jane was saying, it's setting the game, it's bringing the game backwards. Yeah. Um, and one thing question. I just wanted to say is, uh, like, as far as bifurcation goes and people <clears> say, <throat> oh, well, like, you know, the pros have always had different equipment and there's different rules, but I think that's also a little bit disingenuous. Like it hasn't been at this level. Like if obviously the pros have access to certain things that we don't, but if any random PGA tour pro, and did like, like a full, like uh, a second swing fitting for all of their clubs, like the same exact fitting that any random player has access to. It's not like they're going to be at a significant, like a significant disadvantage. It's, I mean, it's the same equipment. They just, you know, they're the manufacturers can tweak things for them and make, you know, certain changes that they can request that maybe we can't, but it over, it's all the same. It it's, it's the same equipment. What <clears throat> my question is, what was the study period? Like how long is what was the period that they were conducting the study between? Um, I think they looked at the past like multiple decades, maybe like okay. 40 years. Could have been longer. Yeah, I just wasn't sure because you mentioned like the study period. I just wasn't sure how far back the study period goes. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just maybe this is the time for me to do it, but that what you've been saying drew is my biggest problem with this and i feel like i've seen almost nobody uh ex like 
harping on this point. Like I, maybe I'm so against it because I, I agree that it's players like us that kind of get screwed over the most. It's, it's not, it's just not true that there's two categories of golfers. There's recreational golfers and there's elite competition golfers. There are golfers that are in the middle. And I think, you know, I would be one of them. I play a lot of golf for fun, obviously, but I also support the USGA. Like I I've done numerous USGA qualifiers. I, those aren't cheap. You know, you, you pay money because you, like what the USGA has done and all of, you know, what they've done for amateur golf and the amateur events that they host. Um, you know, you think, I think that's one of the coolest parts of golf is the amateur scene. You've got, there's probably, you know, how many people like myself, like us out there that they have normal jobs. You don't get paid to play golf. You, You spend money on equipment you spend money for memberships. You spend money on greens fees and you spend money to play in these USGA events and now they're trying to make it so much harder to do that so that yeah. either so that either if you want to continue to play in USGA events and qualifiers you have to you know basically practice with the reduced flight ball going forward so then when you're out playing recreationally with people who maybe don't play competitively you're going to be hitting it shorter than them or you stick to a normal ball when you're playing for fun and then you have to just try to adjust quickly to Right. the you know the mlr ball when you want to do these qualifiers and you know these we're, we're just we're normal people we have full-time jobs we can't we can't just you know sort just sort of do this preparation you know you, you kind of have to pick one or the other and if i'm gonna right. pick it's probably not going to be continuing to play usg events yeah right. nick you're you're mentioning us like i'm looking at like you know 2026 compesca open rolls around which we've been playing for years uh and like if we're set at this limit, we're like you know SDGA USGA tournaments all have to use this this uh, this MLR ball, this you know rolled back ball. You know one of our advantages of golfers is that we we hit it further. Like if we compare us to the majority of people that play the Compesca Open, we're the longest drivers in the field, and that's that's one of our advantages. But if we get to a tournament like that, you know we're going to be playing this rolled back golf ball that we've been playing for, you know, a year in all our competitive tournaments compared to these other people who are not like one of our significant advantages goes right out the window. So then you're playing in a competition where there's, you know, two different things going on. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's messy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And like you were saying earlier, it's just really interesting to see what will be considered elite competition and what levels of competition will adopt this because obviously at this point the usga and rna have made up their minds that you know in 2026 for sure the u.s open and for sure the u.s am will be adopting this and of course the open open, the open and um you know probably what's their do they have a flagship amateur event the british am is that what i think they do have a british am yeah um so those events will be adopting it. The PGA Tour basically had a statement that said, we'll see. Um, and then I would imagine that D1 College Golf will do whatever the PGA Tour does just right. because of their um, their partnership with PGA Tour University. Um, you know, and college players can get starts on the PGA Tour. And if you get and if you finish number one in PGA Tour U, you get your card for the next year. So I imagine whatever PGA Tour does, D1 College Golf will do. 
Well, then, you know, what about D2 and D3? I mean, you know, the conference I played in, I wouldn't call that elite competition, but there there are elite players in Division III. Um, and then if college golf adopts it, there's already been a statement released by the AJGA. If, if, if college golf accepts the MLR ball, AJGA is doing it. So we're into junior golf. And so then if you have then high school golf and it's right, it, right. It's, it's a then, whole can of worms. It's yeah. There's yep. the US, it, it's a USGA and RNA not drawing that line is, is the part that is like, they're, they're, they're creating more work for everybody else by them just not making a statement there and doing a test yeah. run of some kind of, that. and it's if just, this, so, so either you have, if it goes the way the USGA wants it to go, because obviously the USGA wants the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, all the major tours to adopt this. Uh, so then, you know, if you if you look at the dominoes, so the PGA, if the PGA Tour accepts it, that would go all the way down to AJGA. AJGA would end up adopting it. So if you think about it, the people who are, you know, quote unquote, the next generation of golf, the junior golfers, they are either playing with the MLR ball in AJGA events and then playing high school golf with the old ball or high school golf adopts this. And there's no way they had high school golf in mind. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. There's no, no way. Like you look at high school golf, like if we're going to go that far, but then if you do high school golf, you got to do middle school golf because yeah, there's going like, to be seventh graders that are good enough to play varsity. And so you can't you've, muddy that line either. You've got high school golfers who, you know, maybe are averaging <clears throat> two seventy off the tee right now. There's and you're, way less, way less. If you, like the, the freshman, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking that just hit like two forty. Yeah, and less, if you're gonna roll this less. golf ball back an estimated like twenty or thirty yards, like they're gonna be hitting driver two ten. Oh yeah, which is just yeah. getting yeah. absolutely absurd. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Nick, yeah, that whole point is correct. Like, there's not having a line drawn because it's one thing. Like, I don't. It, it, I'd be. I'd appreciate it more if they drew that line. They said, okay, this is where we want it to stop, and that way, yep. all of you that are going to be in that position soon can start preparing for this. You know, um, if you're a teenager right now and you're playing AJGA or events, for example, you're one of those up and coming players. In three years, you'll have to make this change and they can start preparing for that. They'll know what to expect. And by then, maybe all this kind of steam and the initial reaction will have slowed down. We'll all be getting used to it. It's going to stink, but whatever. They at least, the kind of the next generation of, of superstar players will at least be able to get there and be able to do to deal with it. Um, but that still leaves us, us our group of, of people kind of in the dark without a really good answer for any of this. Cause like you said, like if it, it very much deters any of us from in 2026 participating in any elite competition golf. Yeah. Cause because like, I, 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 I want to win my league club events. I want to win the scramble with my buddies. I want to take money from them. I want to have fun like that. And yeah. to do that, I'm going to want to play the, the current ball, the one that goes farther, that one that gives me an extra 20 yards of distance. And the one I'm used to with all my yardages right now, and then if I have to switch up to a whole new ball, I can't just, I know most people in our position can't just go to a track man and spend an hour or, a tr or some sort of launch monitor and dial in all my numbers and get all used to that. That's just, that would be a, that's a luxury that a lot of 
players in our category don't have. And so you're just making it super tough. And like Nick said, the very easy opt out for all of us is going to be, no, I'm not spending all this money uh, to play in these competitions. If it's going to be this much work. Especially when there may, you know, there may be people that are in those qualifiers that do have a ton of time on their hands or they're very competitive so that they're only going to be playing with the MLR ball. And so then, if you know, if you're sort of like us who we golf when we can, we're not spending as much time as we would like to golfing and working on our game and everything, you know, you might just assume you're going to be, you're just going to show up and be at a competitive advantage no matter what. Mm -hmm. And these events are hard enough to, you know, they're like, you know, they're usually like 80 man fields with like two people that will move on or, right. you know, so it's all, you already, you already need a phenomenal day. And now, you know, and something small like that can make a huge difference. Having yeah. 10 yards extra off the tee can be a huge difference because all it takes is one or two holes where you're hitting, you know, a gap wedge instead of a pitching wedge or a nine iron that could make a huge difference. That could be the difference from a birdie to a bar. So I think this, our demographic is the one that gets screwed here uh, completely. Our demographic of golfer, the one that's a, a round scratch, give or take um, that enjoys recreational golf and all the enjoyment of that also enjoys the, the quote unquote elite competition. Yeah. So, and, and maybe that's just, maybe the USJ and RNA are aware of that and they are just like, you know what, that's the, the bullet we want to bite to move this thing forward. Um, and because they knew they kind of had to frustrate and piss off somebody and this is what they're doing. But I think that's just the complete wrong group of people to, to piss off because like I've said, you know, the, it's, it's, it goes back to moving the game forward to golf. All of our friends that see us play golf, they pay attention to the little things we do in golf, the equipment we buy, the, the, the swing tendencies we have, the, you know, all that stuff. They ask us questions like that. It matters. And they look to us for answers in golf. And, uh, now it's going to be a whole can of worms with this golf ball thing. And it doesn't help us at all. You know, I, what Drew just said reminded me of another Mike Wong quote that it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. So was that a Mike Wong quote. quote? It's obviously a joke, Nick. Come okay. on. Well, he's, he's, he's quote, had, says he has said some stuff. That's but more like a James. I, here's Han the thing. Quote. Here's the thing, Drew. I think they, they figured if they were going to now, I don't, I hadn't, haven't heard anything about this, but they figured if they were going to piss off some sort of demographic, they would much rather it was us than the recreational golfers if there's because if it's sort of like a maybe like less serious about golf than you know than us that they might have in mind for recreational golfer if they do something that's going to impact them you know they might just say screw it i'm not gonna golf anymore you know i might use my money elsewhere um, but they know us that we're you know we're pretty into golf we're we're people that we're not just going to stop playing golf so they could, we're sort of taken for granted, I think. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a, probably a fair way to look at it. Because we're not the type of person, you know, we've been playing golf for so long. It's one of our, you know, favorite things to do. We watch golf, we play golf, and we're not just going to stop playing golf. So no matter, you know, what they do. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to continue to spend money on green fees, probably memberships, probably equipment and all this sort of stuff. You know, whether I continue to drop $200 to play in USGA qualifiers is, um, you know, that will remain to be seen. 
but um yeah it it really does bug me how that was never something that they even acknowledged you know it was really like okay this needs to be done for elite competition but we're not touching the recreational golfers it's like there are people that are in the middle there's not one or the other right and uh yeah, I'll be very interested to see like it, you know, if this gets adopted and all this sort of stuff, if like the state events will will adopt it. And maybe like maybe state events in Minnesota well, will it's and South gonna Dakota will. I think you're right about the ripple effect of the PGA tour. It's just gonna be a whole like if they do and they adopt it, which I imagine they will. Um I don't think they completely discredit what the USGA does. The whole ripple effect will happen. And then what do you do then if you're the SDGA and you have a, like SDGA or MGA, whatever it is, you have a large chunk of your field in a state amateur event, for example, is made up of a lot of like college players. high school and college players. And so, yeah. and you're not just going to turn a blind eye to them. And so that's those, they will absolutely adopt it. And then you can't just have it for, like the, the amateur championships and then for any other two man event or match play event or anything like that, you're just like, actually no, for these ones, we won't do it. So I, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. And maybe they, with this whole period of, you know, what, I don't know what they're calling it, but a feedback yeah, or whatever it is. Comment until, period or yeah, yeah the until 2026, maybe some of this stuff's brought up. I, I well, we're the, the comment, not the only ones to think of this, but the feedback period is only until August of this year. So only for the next five months are they is like the the comment period or whatever they call it. No, I'm gonna give them a lot of comments. I can tell them that. I'm gonna post the link to this episode. Yeah. I just wanna talk. I just I, wanna talk. So uh there's and the, yeah, it'll be it goes it goes back to my point. Like I would much rather them see like much rather see them instead of rolling stuff back and going back to where we were in the 1990s, just set a limit, set a wall that you can't go past this, you can't have your they kind equipment. of already have though. That's the thing. Like it, like drivers have been regulated, their drivers are about as hot as they can be. They have been for quite a few years, I think. Yeah. So here's um, here's where I stand on that. I think I think it makes the most sense to roll a driver back. And I I I'm not saying I'm for that, but I think if you're gonna do something, do that because like Nick said, the 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 driver face is already limited to how hot it can be. But what's not limited as of right now is the MOI, the the performance on a miss hit is what's so crazy good right now and so i think uh, uh let's say the driver goes down to 400 cc or something and it's it's a little smaller but in that effect the 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 speed off the face would still be ex- more or less the same if you hit it in the center so like you're still giving the elite players the ability to hit the ball as far as they do now if you hit the ball in the center of the face it would just be obviously a little bit more punishing if you hit it off the toe or the heel um so I, in that sense you still provide the you know, the, the distance or still give players the capacity to hit at the distance that they do now, it's just more rewarding for them to do so. And also more punishing when they don't. And it also brings in a little bit more of these elements that all these old heads want more in the game, the club selection, the, the risk reward element. Um, it brings these bunkers and hazards into play that might be easily easy carries. Now it's like, well, if I miss this one slightly off the center of the face, 
I'm going to hit it in that hazard or in that bunker uh, with my driver. Like these things are going to matter a little bit more now. That's where I would go with it. If you absolutely have to do something as the USGA RNA, that's what I would go towards. Yeah, I just really, really hate the bifurcation and the confusion that it's going to cause. And it will be really interesting because you said you you imagine, you know, the tour will probably accept it. If I had to bet, I would say yes, probably. I'm guessing opinions obviously are pretty hot right now, and I'm guessing it'll just slowly fizzle out over the next few years, and then they'll eventually adopt it. But it is a membership organization. And, you know, I bet if you polled the tour players right now, you'd probably have 90% against it that's true so they they're i mean they don't have to adopt this if they don't want and another thing is the timing of this with live is very interesting because the overwhelming majority of the pga tour players are against it so if the pga tour does you know adopt it i imagine live will do the exact opposite because i've you know i heard a bunch of comments from you know all the live players are against it so does that you know give players more reasons to go to live um I'm not sure, but you know, that's another, another aspect to consider. And then if the PGA tour doesn't adopt it, it'll be really odd when all of the regular events, they're playing uh, the normal ball and then either three or four of the majors, it depends. um, They're playing the rolled back golf ball. Cause it sounds like, it sounds like Augusta's on board. It's just pro players are, they don't, Tour players are not going to want to deal with that. They won't. Even if they have the simulators and the ability to go in and memorize yardages and stuff, they're just not going to want to deal with it. They won't. And so that's where I think it's either going to be all these governing bodies accept it or um, they don't, and then eventually USGA and RNA back down. That's kind of the the two ways it's going to play out to me. Um, I see one is more likely than the other, unfortunately, but I think – I just don't see a scenario where pro golf can exist um, with the, the firepower that it's kind of going towards now. If there's these different regulations for the golf ball. Yeah. And either way, the still, the, the, the same problem with the USGA qualifiers, like for players like us, I mean, that's still going to be there no matter what. I mean, the USGA, it sounds like they've, I can't really imagine a scenario where they go back on this, unfortunately. Right. Right. So, and so then yeah, it, and it's, it'll go, it'll go in the mid am I'm sure too. Um, yep. And then they're, they've already said, you know, possibly the U S junior too. Well, so I'd, it will assume be. It, I'd assume if the USGA is going to adopt it, they'd have to adopt it for everything. Cause I mean, you look at us junior, how many people qualify well, for the U S junior that also qualify for the U S am. Well, yeah, but I mean, it'll <laughs> stop at like, they have, they haven't, I imagine in the first however many years they won't do it for like the senior open, the senior U.S. Open, or I don't know. I don't know. I I just really, really do not like it. I I'm sure a case can be made. They could show me all of their evidence and why they came to the conclusion that something had to be done. But I I hate that it's this. Yeah. Right. I mean it. They didn't do this for no reason. Like there's clearly evidence to suggest that there's something out there that suggests the dangerous um, future ramifications of this distance. It's just, it seems like this right now is a, 
it's a big time disservice to people like us who care a lot about the game, put a lot of effort into both recreational and elite competition golf. And you're leaving golfers like us stuck in the middle. And it's, it's just going to be tough to get us on board right now. Um, if, if it plays out the way I think it looks like it's going to be played out. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where, and that's the thing, other thing too, about the whole distance thing is like, it's going to, it's probably going to even hurt. It's going to hurt shorter hitters in these competitions more than it's going to hurt longer hitters anyway. So that's actually like, yeah, like what about poor old that, Zach that's Johnson? A, that's yeah. a fact from a strokes gained perspective that this will favor the longer hitters more. Right. Right. So, um, which I don't think that's ultimately the point they're making. Cause I think they're just trying to limit distance no matter what. Uh, but it's going to provide even more motivation for players to, if they train. like you, like you said, to to train for speed and, and do all that stuff because that's a whole part of this evolution of the game piece. Is players are more fit and swinging faster. That's absolutely the truth. Um, so there's, yeah, it's the whole thing is is interesting. Um, I don't know what is it all going to happen exactly, but it just it feels like a, a shot at us when we didn't. All we've done is care a ton about the game, invest a ton in the game. And it seems like we're the ones kind of getting shafted here. And here's the thing, like you got to really figure out what exactly it is that is causing. I mean, because they're, they're talking about, you know, he, he gave his reasoning for why they went with 127 miles an hour, you know, because there's, you know, there's, I don't think there's anybody who averaged that on the PGA tour, but they're, you know, they they want to base it off of the top, you know, basically the top 1%, maybe even less than 1% of PGA tour players, as far as club head speed. And because, you know, going forward, they see, you know, more and more players swinging that fast on a more consistent right. basis. And the thing is, that's, that's just people getting better at golf. That's just people. That's getting the evolution more, of the game piece that we had, we talked that's, about. That's people getting more athletic and people viewing golf as more of a sport. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Like if yeah. you like the the players that are younger and up and coming, they're spending all this time in the gym, like specifically for golf. That's like it just you know, yeah. on a wide but, scale being seen as more and more of a sport and that you need to be an athlete to be uh, competitive at the highest level. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's that. And more people will hit it farther. Okay. D am I, if the, U if the winning score of the U S open is 13 under instead of three under, I don't think I'll care. No, no. like how much, how much have winning scores changed over the years? Like it's not like we're really having not events. that much. It's not like we're not, having events where that people much are all. going 25, 30 under all the time. Like winning score is still usually between like 10 to 19 under for most tournaments. And then you get a tournament like the Arnold Palmer or a major where it's a little bit lower. Like real scoring average has pretty much not changed. Yeah. Cause that much. courses are able to, if they want make the rough really thick or dry out the fairways and greens. Like it, these are, there are things you can do to modify the scoring element and of it and make it, make it a penalty to hit the ball too far. Like that yeah, is something I, that I'd can be done. See that. Yeah. Right. Like start growing the rough in, in these, these distances where people are starting to carry it, this 300, 310 yards, start 
growing the fairways in so that they're not as wide. You know, so if you miss the fairway by 10 feet or 10 yards, you're you're in this thick stuff where if you would hit a three wood, I mean you have twice as wide of a landing area yeah. and it's much more beneficial. Make it make it more friendly to hit the fairway from at 275 yards than 320. And I guarantee yeah. you will limit the effects of all this distance. Cause that was okay. the problem. That was the problem with like the winged foot US Open Bryson one is Nobody could hit a fairway that week, whether you hit a 250 or 350. And so Bryce is yeah, like, I'm so just going to take matter. my distance. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. take my distance. Yeah, because and me with a sand wedge out of the rough is better than, you know, other guy with a seven Zach iron. Kevin Kisner right. with a five iron. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, the fairways were just like a, it was like a hardwood table. The entire thing was not just where you hit 350. So do it, do that, but then make it easy for people to hit the fairway 270 because Bryson will lay up. No, he won't. Bryson's not smart enough to lay up. Well, Bryson's not good enough to get into the tournament anyway. So, <laughs> well, he he has a few more years since he won it that one time. But I don't know. Sometimes it it makes my it makes my heart a little bit happy that the year he won, no one was there. But as far as fans go, didn't matter to his ego. He he he. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I I had a note on here just saying is length necessary for a tough test. Um. I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's just a couple from as far as a sample size goes, but like 2013 Marion that played less than 7,000 yards and they got a ton of rain in the early part of the week. Uh, they, people weren't, or the players weren't allowed. I shouldn't say allowed, but they weren't able to play as many practice rounds they would have wanted. Cause there was that much rain. It was sort of a washout. There might've even been a delay in the first round. A lot of people thought, oh gosh, you know, the winning score is going to be, you know, better than 10 under and the winning score was one over. And then a few years later, they're at Aaron Hills. What was the yardage of Aaron Hills? Like 7,800. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Brooks, Brooks wins at 16 under. Yeah. And everybody thought it was too easy of a setup. Yeah. So Which maybe it was because the fairways were massive, but the fairways yeah, that, were was, that was just not a true U.S. Open. It was just a weird U.S. Open. That was when they were in their stretch of like weird U.S. Opens, like Chambers Bay. Chambers uh, Bay was like putting in an, on gravel. Broccoli, if you ask uh, Billy Horschel. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know. I, I'm looking right now, Nick. This was from 2019-2020. It was longest and shortest courses on tour. So I don't typically know what wins at these tournaments. Um, I'm going to guess Harbor Town is near the shortest. But the longest courses on tour. So the Farmers Insurance Open, Torrey Pines is 77. Uh, Corrales Punta Cana, 7,600. Century Tournament Champion, 7,500. Wells Fargo, 75. Puerto Rico, 75. Uh, The 3M is 74. Uh, Masters is 74. But like some of the shortest ones. Okay, TBC Sawgrass. That's usually like seventy two hundred. That's oh, always a great. They're shorter test. than that. Uh, Pebble that's Beach, always a, that's Pebble always Beach a is barely seven thousand. Yeah, Pebble Beach is sixty eight sixteen. Uh, the Travelers at TBC River Highlands was sixty eight forty one. Monterey Peninsula sixty nine fifty eight. Yeah, and it's not like there's and you know the courses you know obviously Pebble's a great course but you know it's not like guys are just going out birdieing every hole. There's some good holes at these courses where. That's what, well, know. the other thing too is the thing I appreciate about some of these tournaments and like Augusta now too is there are holes that it's like, all right, this is a birdie hole. If I don't make a birdie here, I'm losing on the field. Like, I, I think that 
I, I like that mix up of in a tournament and it's true of any course, but I think especially now with the distance and stuff, you see some of that where like 13 at Augusta became like the last few, few years. It's like, well, if I don't make four here, I am losing shots to the field. So I need to make four here. Whereas it's almost playing like a part four. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if anything, let's change the par on some of these par fives and these par fours. Let's just make par 72s. Let's make them par 70s. I think par I in itself is just a stupid thing too, but that's a different par is a social construct. Yes, it's a social construct. Like, who cares if it's par or not? Like, you played the course in the least amount of shots. Let's call it that. doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's more of a question of, you know, to d- defend, you know, what the other side might say, it's, well, how did the designer intend for this hole to be played? Right. Obviously, Bobby Jones didn't intend for, you know, Bubba Watson to just smash it over the top of all those trees and have 140 yards into the hole on 13. But also, I don't think that's worth making me have to decide between two different types of golf balls. I don't think it's worth right. making me decide if I want to play the South Dakota two-man tournament this year or not because I don't want to buy a box of rolled back golf balls. And who knows how much they're going to cost. <clears throat> right. It's another Companies dynamic will, to this whole thing. We'll have to sink a lot of R&D into this thing. And then the amount of people that will be purchasing these golf balls, because obviously the pros won't have to buy them. Um, there's really going to be not that many golfers who are purchasing these golf balls, relatively speaking. And so will that drive the price up? And like, where will, will you will even be 75 bucks a dozen? Where will you buy them? Like, do you think at Cattail, they're just going to start carrying a box of Pro V ones and then a box of Pro V one MRL balls? Like. Maybe MLR, I don't know. I'm guessing MLR, MRL, I'm guessing MLR. I'm guessing like your average golf store will have them. But like, as far as I'm yeah, also I'm just getting... fascinated by the, the strategy that the manufacturers will have to take in marketing these because the whole strategy behind what the, the the products by these manufacturers and and marketing them is is has been hey let's get a tour ambassador on this commercial yeah. and we'll show you what you can do with your game if you play the same ball as Max Homa and Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Nelly Corda and all these people um, yeah. on the this title is the ball this is the ball Jordan Spieth has like this is the ball Jordan Spieth trusts with his game so you right. can trust it too and you like, hear Jim Nance saying it now on the Titleist commercial like that's that's going to go away completely for. The non, I mean, you think that's going to work? You know, the 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 tailor made or current TP five in three years, you can't do a commercial yeah. with Tiger or Rory or anybody else on there because they're not the ones playing it. Titleist, the ball you can trust, unless you're a tour pro or a high level amateur. I, yeah, I don't know if they'll or stick sometimes with like if you're uh, a high level amateur. Yeah, Titleist, uh, <laughs> depending on the what best events players. Play. Yeah, we are Titleist. The best players in the world trust our expertise and our research and development. Therefore you can too. Will it be something like that rather than I, play the ball they play? Yeah. They, yeah. I don't know. It's that the whole, I mean, it's, it's been that way for every, every product or every manu. I mean, every manufacturer for decades has been, you know, I mean, going back to the eighties and seventies. I mean, it's the same thing. Wilson, when Wilson was the king of golf equipment back in the day, like they had a tour staff, they played. Maybe Rory's going to the Dyna power. Maybe. No, he sucked what Kevin Kisner's doing with the Dyna Power, and he said, F that. Hey, Kiz is just, he's, he's working on also, finding his form. This is a really interesting question. Uh, will there be 
an option to select which ball you were playing for your handicap when you enter your round? Yeah, like if I go play cattail from the blue tees, like whether I'm using the the M- MLR ball or just the the normal Pro V1. Yeah, Doubtful. I wonder. I wonder if because it would make it tougher. I wonder if cattail from the white tees with the MLR ball would be like basically like does the course rating change or like with what with what ball you're playing? Like I wonder if. Yeah, I don't know about that. I wonder if you say you're you're playing with the with the MLR ball, and then the course rating would change to basically if you were playing with a the old ball at a set of tees up or or yeah, back, I guess I'm just playing with a ball that's you know thirty yards shorter, but I guess I just suck now. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't. It's really it's really something else. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I uh I'm gonna be interested when I uh I talk to next time I get to talk to Larry Bobka about it. I know he was in favor of it, so I'll have to see what he thinks about this side of the of argument. Of course he's in favor of it. He's old. Correct. That is what's, more or less what I'm gonna tell him. What's your Facebook friend Rory Sabatini think? I'll send him a message. I'm pretty sure no, they they made a cake for Rory Sabatini this week. This was his six hundredth start on tour. Jeez. So they uh yeah. Perennial PGA Tour winner, Jeepers. or something. I wonder when's the last time he won. Uh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> He's gonna pull it up here. <laughs> Back check. I'm gonna guess 2010. I love how when you look at Rory Sabatini, it pulls up South African golfer, but he's actually Slovakian now. He's a S- South African golfer, but he's a Slovakian Olympian. Yeah, right. Those are two different things. PGA. Oh gosh, that's not good. I went this, to Rory Sabatini PGA Tour profile and it said page not found. <laughs> Does he not have a card anymore? Like a full-time I status? He, I figured I figured he would have status. Yeah, he does. Here we go. Rory Sabatini results. Uh, no, I want career wins. His last win was 2011. Oh, I was close. The Honda Classic. Good, Good for him. I did not know he was the defending champ when Rory won. Hey, he's made two oh, back-to-back Rory's. Won the Honda. Your fun fact of the day. <laughs> Nationality. English, Slovak, South African. <laughs> he's just got it all. He's just got it all. Wait, uh, wait, what is this? The Sa- His Wikipedia page... Rory Mario Trevor Sabatini is a South African South African slash Slovak professional golfer. I don't know about that. I'm sure, he's a normal dude. I'm sure he just just like the rest of us. I get. I maybe I just need to hit him up on Facebook, play go around to golf with him. Ricky would have moved up one this week had Taylor Moore not won. Rip. I know. Sucks. Big rip. Uh, um, I have, I have a lot of other stuff written, but oh, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. So I looked at a graph to see, you know, sort of the numbers that the USGA was looking at when it comes to the increase in distance. And if you are looking at it from a linear perspective, I mean, um it's basically like a yard a year since 1980. Um, 
but like the graph, so I don't know, both of you wait. Oh, oh gosh, no, my screen's being weird. There's just I, no I chance have like I my that. own I have my own graph too, or like my um, own thing. So yeah, if you make it linear, that's true, but it's actually not linear. Like there were times like between 1995 and 2005, it jumped way more, relatively speaking, than the years prior and the years after. And that was the period when like the Pro V1 uh, came into effect and, and then the other manufacturers made a similar ball. Right. So, I mean, since, since all of the players were using a Pro V1-esque ball, it has really like plateaued a little bit. Um, it has increased a little bit in the past six years at a little bit higher pace than it was the previous 10. I would, I would venture um, to guess that's because of swing speed. I'm guessing swing speed, but also course management. Um, people are just hitting driver more often as a result of strokes gained, I think. Um, that too. It, or, people, yeah. Or people they have realized aren't. that they might be they might be better off in the rough from 100 yards than in the fairway from 150. And so they're just hitting driver more often. Yeah, it's probably right. But, I mean, the fact that there was a plateau from 2004 until basically 2016, I don't know, I think that kind of... I Nick, going with that point, I think I saw uh, Stewie Sink made a comment about something like that. Like there's holes where, you know, 10 years ago they were hitting three irons, but now they're hitting drivers, not because the distance is greater, but just because there there's no downside to hitting driver over three iron. There's actually more advantage. I think strategy and course management has changed. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just, the whole thing is just perplexing. Um, but what they've done to really not done to us, but you know, they're just, it's a disservice to us golfers. Um, and I, I, I guess, unless there's something we're completely missing, just that's the way I'm interpreting it. And I don't know, maybe it's just going to, it'll probably start as like, Oh, we only want to do this for elite competition. It'll maybe just be something that it phases into everybody. Like, I think that's, that's I probably mean, what their main goal we, is, is we that talked it's just going to become this, the normal ball this ripple effect. And I mean, really everything gets hit by the ripple effect, except for your average Muni player who goes out and plays like basically seems like everybody else is pretty much affected by this. So yeah, basically the fact that they're they're saying it's for elite competition and not just for pro golf is sort of what uh I think opened the door for a lot more of the ripple effect. But right, because um, I mean it, it'd be so easy for them to just say, hey, if this is a professional event, you're gonna use this ball. Done. Done. That's yeah. it. That's all you had to do. But now there's this whole thing and it's gonna go down to, like you said, Nick, it's gonna go down to high school golf and it's gonna cause all kinds of headaches. Um, all right. Is there anything else I saw on here? You said question for drew. Well, that was the, that was the, the five most famous courses. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Easy. Um, cattail crossing lake region. I did see, golf uh, course. Hey, lake region home course, of the Hamlin chargers, uh, actually low key, uh, work on that bunker very, play. very mm-hmm. underrated. Uh, Greg Chalmers <laughs> is a pretty good, uh, Twitter follow. He had a he had a nice take on all of this. He says uh, we could just solve this whole equipment issue 
by having Nike design all of our drivers said they would go shorter for sure. And then the poop emoji. (laughs) That's good. Let's just all go back. Everybody has to play the Nike Sasquatch. Yeah. I can hear that driver right now. Yeah. And uh, it's actually funny because when I was talking about how in like 2016, 2017 is when like there was like a real spike in distance. It is funny that 2017, the first year that nobody was playing Nike drivers on tour, like the average distance went up like in one year by like seven yards. Yeah. Which there's no way there was enough guys playing Nike drivers for it to make a difference. But that is a hilarious stat. Correlation does not equal causation, but in this case, it might. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. That is funny. I like that. All right. Well, um, I think that's probably it. I think we'll probably let you go unless you've got uh, anything else. I don't think so. Uh, This has been good. I I actually needed to get some of this stuff just like out there off my chest because I know me too. It's, you know, not that I I have plenty of people to talk golf with at work and stuff, but it's just like, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think, but like people just, I don't know. It just seems like this, that, that discussion where we had about, us type of golfers it just seems like not enough people are talking about it um and it's it's a it's a big miss in this whole thing unless again unless we're missing something that's that'll come up um have you seen have you seen that meme where it's like the husband and wife are in bed and the husband's just like he's rolled the other way yep, just like yep, staring yep. off into space and she's like <laughs> he's probably thinking about other women and it'd be me just there like what does this mean for my golf career? The, the golf <laughs> yeah. ball rollback. It's like it literally like Rachel on uh Tuesday night, I think. She was like, You just seem like a little off. Like, what's wrong, babe? I was like, to be quite honest with you, this USGA golf ball thing. And I like explained the whole thing. Like, I like ranted it to her, and she's like, Wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's stupid. So it's like I think there's only so much my wife can take of uh me talking about this. So yeah, I agree. It was good to just put some of it into the atmosphere yeah that grand, random episode idea i think one episode we have to just leave the microphones to rachel and lydia and let them do the show and just get like the the girlfriend slash fiance perspective of golf i guess drew we could have abby in here too wouldn't that be or, wife slash wife yeah wife slash fiance whoops yeah that could work some good content and then well, Noah can I will, just be uh, on his own because I, I will i will run that idea past management and see what they say i think it's it'd be a call. funny show that's actually me so um i don't know i don't know how i feel about that just golf golf from the female perspective yeah we will <laughs> that's certainly an idea but all right we good Drew. I think we're good. Thanks for coming on again. Recurring guest. You know, just like on Pardon My Take, since you're a recurring guest, anytime we ask you to come on, you have to come on. So, yeah, that's the only uh, obligation I've now accepted. That's, <laughs> yeah. You'll get your recurring guest t shirt in the mail soon. Perfect. Rollback. That, no. 20% off. <laughs> it might be rollback, might not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're not at it'll, that level yet. We don't quite have a rollback deal yet. It'll actually be a second. Have you reached out to rollback and asked? Probably not. No, we're, no, we're we're still, we're still working, working on, on Kirkland signature. Right Kirkland, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be a partner with Kirkland? Costco. Yep. All right, All right. gentlemen. Drew, keep hitting the ball straight, ish. Hit it hard. Yeah. Yeah.
Cheers. Not, not with the new ball, though. We'll hit it. No. That's <laughs> right. You'll hit, you'll hit it for short. Yeah. All right. Take care. See ya. Do you leave, Jenks? No, I'm still in here. All right. Do we uh, do we just keep it going or shut it down? No, yeah, we can keep it going for a little bit. I don't know what All else right. we really got to touch on here, but big uh, big shout out to Drew for coming on. Um, I know he's a he's an equipment guy, and so he's you know definitely privy to all of this stuff. And um, yeah, I had I had just texted him a day or two after it happened, just seeing if he had you know thoughts on the whole thing, and it was just I could tell it was very similar to what I was thinking, and I was like care to come on and discuss and he said sure i definitely wanted noah to be here because he's into the you know golf design world so i thought maybe he would be a little more sympathetic to the decision but i just based off of when i was talking to him obviously off air because he's not really on air anymore uh i think he sort of agreed with us but yeah i i don't really know of a whole lot of people that actually have agreed with the uh the decision like even a lot of tour pros seem to be very against it uh we kind of mentioned that number like you know how many do we think are for and against if it's like you know 80 20 against a four or um you know i think it's definitely an overwhelming minority of players who would be for this or like you know matthew fitzpatrick very indifferent about kind of everything he's indifferent yeah, he's he's indifferent about this. Um but I read I read an article and it was eight players' opinions and of the eight that were there, seven of them were pretty strongly against it. And then Maddie Fitz was eh, whatever. Well, and if I was a pro, I might have the Maddie Fitz because they just you just adjust to the new ball. I mean yeah, they'll just play it all said. the time. Yeah, they'll just play it all the time. So well, you know, assuming the, the tour adopted it. Yeah. Which that's still up in the air, but at at that point, like, you know, why would the tour adopt it? But other, or like, why would the USGA and RNA adopt it? But the tour wouldn't like, it just, it was kind of an issue that we went back to. I don't remember what it was over a couple of years ago, but like certain events adopting a certain rule and certain other events, not like it just becomes confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh I don't know how it's going to shake out. I I hope that uh you know somehow it just ended up not going through, but I can't really envision a scenario where yeah. that happens. I I think you know, if it goes through fine, I just want clarity and I want a line to be drawn and I want to know like you know, who is this going to affect? Who's this not going to affect? Because like the argument we raised with when talking with Drew, um, you know, people like us, the the higher echelon amateur players who, you know, aren't good enough to turn pro, but still can play in a multitude of different amateur events throughout the year. Um, like like me, I play three amateur, like three pretty high up amateur events for my standards every year with the the three sdga events and if the sdga requires that like that's going to deter me from playing wanting to play in those events because i'm not going to want to you know practice and grind with this new ball just to use for six rounds out of the year 
and then go back to playing my other ball for everything else. Mm-hmm. It seems like a few of like sort of the big name golf podcasts are definitely for it. Um, no laying up a hundred percent was on board. Um, and then like the fried egg and shotgun start, they were both totally on like, well, I guess they're the same thing, basically same guys, um, totally on board, basically, you know, think you're probably stupid if you disagree. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I just, uh, sort of waited and in all of the days, you know, following the announcement, which was, you know, good that we had, you know, that we record on Sundays like we do because there were so many days to pass. So I could really, you know, see what a lot of different people were saying mm-hmm. and just what we were talking about with the, like us being sort of just left in the middle, almost nobody was, was talking about that aspect of it. And it yeah. really was bothering me. Yeah. I've actually, I've kind of not paid attention to any like golf media this week just because I figured we would talk about this this week. And then when I knew that we were going to talk about it, like I kind of just wanted to have my own opinion on it. And then, you know, I'll go listen to what other people have to say about it later and maybe change my opinion based on that. But so I listened to the entire like two plus hour, no laying up. They interviewed Mike Wan, CEO of the USGA. Um, So, I mean, I, I think it's, so clearly I'm not just in an echo chamber here. I, I know what the people that are for it are saying. I know, you know, I've heard it straight from the horse's mouth. I just, just, I think with all of the different implications that we talked about here, I think we covered quite a lot of them. Uh, I just hope more people will listen. will actually, you know, hear this. I don't think yeah. that many will though. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just extremely frustrating. It is. Um, just to, to be in that middle ground and, you know, not know what's going to happen. Um, it's it's just very, it's very gray right now. And hopefully as, as time goes on, we get a little bit more clarity on who it will affect, you know, what's all going to yeah. happen. Um, you and know, maybe, the- maybe they make a decision not to roll it back as far. But I like I don't know. And here's here's one thing that like the USGA saying, well, this this totally isn't going to affect recreational golf, like all of that sort of thing. It's like how many USGA rules actually do affect recreational golf? Okay, the equipment ones do. I'll give them that. But who like what in in their mind of who a recreational golfer is? Because they have two buckets, you know, recreational and elite mm-hmm. competition. And that, you know, apparently they didn't envision thousands of golfers being in the in-between. Your average recreational golfer, as they see one, probably doesn't care if their driver is USGA conforming. Yeah. Or or if they have oh, 15 I, clubs in their bag. I, I see many uh, recreational golfer with non-conforming wedges. Out yeah. On or like, like my dad has like 19 clubs in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like they're of not... course, e- even, even if they had a new rule across the board obviously it's equipment involved which affects which golf balls you can buy so i yes it would affect them but just like on a a lot of things that the usga does even if in theory it does affect the recreational game it still probably won't like what 
what average recreational golfer is playing their round entirely by USGA rules? Uh, I'm going to go with about zero. Uh, yeah. The foreplay guys, maybe. No. <laughs> no. Is it a USGA rule that your swing has to look like garbage? Sorry, Riggs. <laughs> he posted a swing video today. I, he is just asking to get roasted. Yeah, but he still hits the balls. Or yesterday. I Maybe it was I yesterday. hit it farther, but he hits it better. Ish. Does he, though? Man, his swing know. sucks. I don't know. My swing sucks, too. We all suck. Unless we're Scotty Scheffler or John Rom, We all suck. Yeah, I don't... Uh... See, this is going to start... What this is going to turn into, it's going to turn into Hot Shots Golf, where... You know, half the people are going to be playing the the super long bomb clubs with the the super spin ball, and the other half people are just going to be using the standard ball and the standard clubs, and people are going to be using the junior club. Like it's just going to be, it's going to be a mess. It's all it's going to be. Like the golf club before two K, you'd have what it was like three different levels. Yeah, like there was like the... a beginner club set into intermediate and advanced, and they yeah. all the the further up you went the further you hit it yeah which was um weird very interesting uh when do we have you ever listened to the trap draw i listen to it very rarely (laughs) should we at some point start our own version of the trap draw (laughs) in the bogey train podcast network one that's like not even about golf just Just like talk about just random stuff yeah that would be really fun but I, i don't think i'm I don't think I'm in the news enough to actually be able to follow stuff. Like yeah, that. Like I just they, don't. I think they recently had a four-hour Oscars review podcast. Yeah, like there's no chance. I would. Like, I don't even watch. I, I see like one new movie a year. Dude, I don't watch movies. I don't watch yeah. TV shows. I when I turn on my TV, there's three things I'm pulling up, and it's either YouTube, uh, Formula One. Or it's Netflix to watch whatever show or movie Lydia's watching, and it's not new. If we had our own version of the trap draw, what would we call it? I don't know. I have to be something based off, like, kind of the bogey train. Well, I guess no, it wouldn't have to. Off the tracks. Oh, the bogey train off the tracks. Or derailed. (laughs) Yes, which is what we usually do. See, that could just be like a Patreon special. It, we could like cut the show off and then have the the bonus are, show. Okay, these are great ideas. All, actually, all the random stuff we talk about, like when we went on a tangent about U.S. Open winners that one episode. We, we could do, yeah, we could do like episodes, uh, like going deep into like different conspiracy theories. Like when we, oh my god, touched on it. Oh man, yeah, that could definitely. What do you, uh, what do you like better, off the tracks or derailed? I think I like off the tracks. Okay. I think I was leaning towards derailed. Oh man. I don't know. We'll have to, I don't know. That's, I like, I like the idea. I don't, That's very I don't know good. how, uh, that would require a definitely probably double the time commitment that we have yeah. now. Yeah. hundred percent, which is not really that much in the first place, but it might have to be, it might have to be like a winter only. Yeah. Uh, deal because there's like no way I'm, I'm doing there's no way i'm doing two separate podcasts when it's when i can actually when golf. i'm playing golf yeah but that's a okay that's an idea to keep in mind for the future yeah i know the uh the trap draw i listened to like a couple episodes right away just because i knew like isn't it a tc show 
it's TC and Big Randy usually. And that's the only reason I listen to it because I love TC. So he is such an interesting character. <laughs> he is so. And then when I finally started watching like some of their YouTube stuff and I saw what he looked like, I was like, there's no shot I ever would have guessed what TC actually looked like. I, the first time I saw TC, <laughs> I totally agreed. I was like, that's what this guy looks like with that voice? It's like, I didn't know I what I pictured. Him, I expected him to be like a 22-year-old guy that's like baked off his gourd. I, I, yeah, I don't know this what guy. I expected. I don't know what I could have <laughs> described for you, but it wasn't that. It was and not then, that. And then when he shaved his head, I was like, it's perfect. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's, shout out TC. He's a character, even, man. Like, have they ever announced his actual name? I don't know what his name is. I know it's Tron. Tron Carter. But I just love like when you're when you're listening to a uh, a no laying up, and then they they start to get off on a tangent, and they're like, and then it'll be like DJ or Tron. They're like, and if you want if you want to hear more on that, listen to the next trap draw. <laughs> Um, oh, I found the the classic Patrick Cantlay DeWalt photo too, because that's who it came from was Tron Carter. It's just, um, yeah, one oh, of the I, th- I think one of the live streams at, uh, during the Players Week, his his virtual background on their meeting was like a DeWalt like workshop or something. <laughs> oh man, he's his Twitter is just full of DeWalt stuff. And the thing is, what he he will just absolutely call people out, like for their for their bull crap, and he just totally does not back down. Oh, oh my he was, god! He, he was probably devastated today that Tommy didn't get it done. He's a huge Tommy Fleetwood stan. Is he? Yeah, he's just I I I'll never pro- would have guessed. I'll have to listen to their uh, to their Valspar recap. Yeah, for sure. But I definitely disagree with them 100% on the golf ball situation. Yeah, I think it's very shocking that, uh, you know, especially because, like, with no laying up specifically, like, some of those guys are kind of in that same position we're in. We're in there. They're into that kind of middle ground. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of kind of surprising to hear that. Yeah. Like, I I care about the pro game. But also, like, because we we talk about it on a freaking podcast, but I I honestly care more about like how it affects me because I just really what my one of my favorite things to do in the whole world is play competition golf. Yeah, like that is just I thoroughly enjoy it, preparing for it, getting there, doing it, and then you know when you when you're fortunate enough to play well. I mean that is just. One of my favorite things ever. And uh, I feel like this is sort of trying to put a significant roadblock in that. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's something that with all this talk lately about grow the game, I feel like this is something that is very divisive and something that in turn could potentially shrink the game. So here's an interesting one. If if the PGA Tour DP World Tour, Corn Ferry, all of that, all the major tours adopt the change. What do you think Liv does? Or w- assuming Liv is around in 2026. Oh, I bet Liv is just like, screw you guys. So then does that not 
just feed into the stereotype then that live is not actual serious competitive golf. If oh, all of the rest, if all the rest of the pro tours adopt it and the majors. So then you got these live guys that supposedly still care about, you know, playing the majors and then they're not playing the same ball that they'll have to play when they turn up at the majors. It might, but like, are you going to call like the XFL or whatever that's going on right now, the USFL, not actual competitive football, just because they allow you to go for a fourth and 26 to keep the ball instead of doing an onside kick? No, but it's not like, it's like, if you're an XFL player, like the XFL season is the XFL season. It's not like then like the fourth game of the year, then you have to go back to like normal NFL rules or like. A, a different ball or something that you'd have to get used to it's because you know one of the one of the things a lot of people would say against live players it's like okay they just wanted to take a whole bunch of money for exhibition golf and they don't really care about the majors anymore but all the live stands are no these guys are still you know some of the best players in the world and they want to compete for majors and all this so that'd be interesting to see if all of the other tours accept it and live sort of uses it as like a no if you want to keep like having fun and using the ball you're used to using come play live or if they adopt it as well, because they want to be seen as competitive golf, that would be. Or maybe if the tours decide not to adopt it, live does adopt it. And they're like, look at us. Like we're, we're making changes. You guys aren't. It would be hard to imagine a scenario where live adopts it when the PGA tour doesn't, I could see the reverse, but I, because it's, I haven't heard one live player that's in favor of it. Well, that's because they had a tournament. They were too busy. I mean, if you ask DJ right now, you know, Dustin, what do you think about the the golf ball? Roll? He'll be like, man, I don't, I don't know. He'll be like, what what golf, golf ball, ball rollback? You mean like ball. backspin? MRL is that like a a new new kind of cocaine? Like, sometimes my golf ball rolls back. Yeah, I spin it back with a wedge. What what are you talking about? No, I remembered my live news, though. Uh, did you hear that uh, a whole bunch of the employees on the production staff got their benefits taken away? No. Like, uh, I don't know if, like, the actual, like, commentators were involved, but a lot of people in the production staff, um, last year, they had, like, retirement and uh, health care and all that stuff. And this year, they don't. It just got stripped what? away. Yeah, so they don't have any of their benefits anymore. Isn't that's, that crazy? That's great. Yeah. I was uh I was very glad the uh Saudi Arabia Formula One race was today. And I was very glad that this year there was no massive missile strikes 20 miles away from the track like there were last year. So yeah, it's uh <clears throat> let's just say, I mean, I do I feel bad for the people? I mean, I don't know. When you sign up to have the Saudi Arabian public investment fund as your uh, employer. I mean, that's, I feel like that just comes with the territory, but um, I mean, I could think of worse, worse employers. You could work for Elon Musk, but. um, Tesla. So I don't literally, all I want to do is hit range and play golf. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play golf so bad. Uh, I'm so sick of working on my golf swing in the living room. We keep getting these, keep getting these teases where it's like that's today. It was like 40, and you know it's gonna snow the rest of the week. It's just it didn't hit me until a few days ago. A few days ago, I was looking out the window and I was like, 
crap, it is mid-March. Like, in theory, I should only, I, I, I could be, some years I'd be hitting golf balls by now. And then once that dawned on me and how much snow has actually left, then I got a little bit sad. Yeah, there's like some years, Masters weekend, we uh, we get to play golf. And this year, it's just not looking likely um, unless there's a major change in the next three weeks. But I'm actually going to look at the the extended forecast and see what we got. Considering in 43 days, I'm playing in a U.S. Open qualifier at yeah, a PGA be, Tour course. That's going to be tough. That's, uh, yeah, I definitely wish I was uh, able to prepare right now. Um, well... And up until April 2nd, there is no day in Watertown that the high is above 40. And up until April 2nd, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days that are currently forecasted snow. Here's a, here's a question. If I moved my, uh, U.S. Open qualifier to the Sioux Falls course. Would you caddy for me? What isn't it like during a weekday? It's it's a Monday. Yeah, that's always tough. What day would the Monday be? It's Monday, May first. The Sioux Falls one and the TPC Twin Cities one are on the same day. We wouldn't even be playing at the same like. We won't even be playing golf by then. It'll still be snowing. I think we'll be playing golf. Come on now. Well, I hope so, but we we might just not get a golf season this year. I don't need to hear that. It's one of my last what yeah, it's one of my last three golf seasons with the normal golf ball. I need this year. Need it. Monthly. I want to look at averages. Where's the average? The average high for Today is 40-ish degrees. Every single day for the rest of the month is below the average high. Gosh. That's just a rip. Hopefully that's wrong. That's just a rip. But if you, I mean, I don't know how AccuWeather works with this super extended forecast, but they are forecasting 50s for the second week of April. So, uh, question um, How was your uh, St. Patrick's Day? That was good. A uh, little teacher pub crawl. Um, oh, my background disappeared. That's nice. To do it on this screen, too. Yep, that's cool. Um, yeah, a little teacher pub crawl. A uh, bunch of teachers from Watertown get together, and then we got in on it last year and uh, had a, a great time on Friday night. And then yesterday sat and did nothing, and today did much of the same. There you go. Enjoyed um, the end of my spring break. Noah and I got a couple rounds in on Friday night on PGA 2K. Uh, you, did you happen to see the uh, video I posted on our YouTube I did not. I will have oh, to gosh. go look at it. It's pretty funny. So he had the genius idea to, uh, whenever one of us lost a hole, it was five push-ups. And uh, if you, if this we tied the great. hole, it, if we tied the hole, it carried over. So then it would be ten push-ups for the next one. Yeah. So uh, yes, that's great. I love that. 
it was, and we did it for two different rounds. So it, we played, we played a couple nice courses though. We played national golf club, which is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a certain take on a certain course that's may, may or may not be in Georgia. Oh, it's and one of those courses, national golf club. And then we played Hogwarts. Um, there's a, a golf course called Hogwarts. Yes. We got to play it sometime. I think you'd really like it. I, it was that really does sound intriguing to me. It, it was really fun. That actually sounds very fun. I, uh, is there like a castle and everything too? Yes. Okay. I, uh, one of the holes is the, uh, oh, dang it. What's the, what's that game they'd play? Quidditch? Yeah. There's a hole of Quidditch on it. One of the holes is the Quidditch like arena or the stadium. That is, uh, I am definitely going to have to give this course a play. Um, because that sounds sweet. It was really, really well done. I don't know any of the Harry Potter, but I'm guessing like some of the holes were there was context that I'm just not aware of. But either way, um, the uh, it was really well done. Really creative course. I'm just currently distracted because my wallpaper somehow was deleted. Um, that's interesting. So now I'm trying to get it back. Uh, which is kind of upsetting, but, um, yeah, I, we are still, I didn't even realize we're still recording. Yes, we are. This would be the kind of stuff that would be on derailed. Yes. Uh, speaking (laughs) of, we have a, uh, there's a, Breaking news coming very shortly. Very so we, shortly. I, I was I was gonna cut it off, but we gotta we gotta plow through. What's what's this breaking news that is coming very shortly? Um we just gotta wait. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So I'm gonna have. I know to just... this is this is absolutely terrible podcast content at the moment. So yeah, if you got this, if, if, if you... you got this far, appreciate Cost it, you. and uh, just just give it a, like another minute or two because it's it's gonna be good. But what else should we talk about while we're waiting? Um. Okay, can we talk about uh, the Copperhead Course at Innisbrook where they played the Valspar this week? Yeah, like, how terrible the courses on. Thank PBA. you, thank you. There's courses that they play on tour that's like, okay, I would love to play there someday, but this is absolutely not one of them. Nothing about that course on TV makes me wish I could play it. Yeah, um, I always like liked the course a few years ago, I guess, but like the more time goes on. Um, I just, I don't like it as much anymore. I don't know, but maybe I should like it. Cause it is one of those courses that like we were talking about, um, like the scores are just not that low, like five under. Yeah. Five under was like a top five score or top nine or something like that. Yeah. So like, there was, there was guys like, I mean, 
like Tommy Fleetwood had like a 69, 69, 70, and then 71 or whatever. Like in the last 11 groups today, there was one score in the 60s. Yeah, like that's and it's and a part 71. About, we're talking about golf being too easy. Like, get out of here with that. Gentlemen. Oh, well, gosh. look who it is. You're a it gentleman. Is Noah, and a Noah J. <laughs> Noah J. Right on time, my friend. Fellas, they called me, so I dropped everything and, and left just so I could be here for the podcast. Yes, you are only two and a half hours late. <laughs> because because I care about this podcast and its reputation and its fan base. Don't get me wrong. Noah, how are you doing? So good, Jenks. How are you doing? I'm, what do we I, hey Jenks, what do we got on the docket for the pod today? Uh, oh, we're talking about the golf ball rollback. Um the rollback? Yeah. Oh, the proposed, they pick a ball that goes, like, not very far, and then they make everyone use that ball? Yeah, that. It doesn't sound like you're very up to speed. (laughs) Terrible rule. I I think I'm up to speed. Let me me tell you what I think it is, and then you correct me for all my points I get wrong. They want to to implement a rule in professional golf, which will limit um, how far a golf ball basically the distance that a golf ball will go on a hit so that they just aren't hitting the ball as far but they want to do it as far as i know they want to do it only for like competitive like pga tour and corn fairy stuff so like only professional level golf would be affected by the rule correct me if i'm wrong you are wrong yeah, they, they just what? said elite competition. Yeah, it's elite competition. So um, the PGA Tour has yet to decide so if... Close. What's that? Fine, but I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. Yes, but the trickle-down effect will be more than you let on. So um, the USGA has said it's going to be the U.S. Amateur as well, and probably the U.S. Mid-Am, and probably the U.S. Junior Am. Wait, they're um, actually... Do- what? They're actually going to do this. This isn't well, like an at idea. this at this point, it is just a proposed model local rule. Yeah. But um, I mean, as far as I know, the USGA is fully attending to uh, fully intending to adopt it in 2026. And I can't really imagine a scenario where they don't. Um, but since it's just since it's just a model local rule and not just like an across the board new rule. Um, different governing bodies will have to make the uh, determination themselves if they adopt it or not. So it is still up in the air whether the PGA Tour will. Um, they, they won't. But if, and if they, I'm canceling the PGA Tour. Well, okay, because yeah, if the ever. PGA Tour does, college golf probably will, and if college golf does, AJGA will, and if AJGA does, there probably will in a lot of high school golf. So it's just. It's a it's there's a big no, mess. There's no way this is affecting anything below Division One golf. You're just wrong. It I'm just right. Will. What do you mean below Division One golf? That's the only. That's the farthest the trickle down will go. It won't go any further than that. It AJGA AJGA released a statement saying that if college golf adopts it, they will too. That's junior What's golf. 
The yeah, Amer- uh, American Junior Golf Association. They're seriously going to make juniors play with limited flight golf balls. That's a description. If college golf and uh, everything good in the adopts world. it. So I think the big issue is just making them play with different balls than we're playing. Like that just really bothers me. You know a lot about playing with uh, different balls there, Noah? Yeah, I've, I've played with my fair share of different balls, and I know which ones I like, and I use them. So someone telling me what to use and what not to use, you know. <laughs> um, so Nick, one may say was, this podcast has been derailed. It's not going to ring um, well with me. I was, I was curious what you were going to think about it because – I know you're really into golf course design. And so like the biggest, the reasons for doing this is that certain courses are now supposedly, you know, becoming obsolete and uh, the distance that players are hitting it is maybe making irrelevant. Some of the aspects of course design that the original designers would have intended to be in play. So what they're Um, saying is courses. So what they're saying is courses designed a hundred years ago are being outgrown by the modern game shocker like who would have thought right these courses are a hundred years old maybe just make new courses <laughs> okay there's a take it's it's so it's so dumb it's so dumb this was a spicy question i fired off at the beginning of the podcast so i know so like for for instance kyle porter with cbs he tweeted yep. out this whole thing he's like this whole distance and debate and the rolling back the ball come can be boiled down to one question. Do you want the open to still be able to be played at St. Andrews or not? And I saw that tweet and I was like, I don't know. St. Andrews is a little bit overrated. Right. I agree. It's It's just historical. You, it's, it's such a weird thing to make a change in a sport that actively encourages the regression of the sport instead of moving the sport to become something different. Like every sport's going to change as time changes. And to, to, to make the statement that like the game of golf will be best served by forcing players to hit it shorter so that we can play on courses that were designed hundreds of years ago is just absurd. It's like, and here's, here's one thing. So basically the way the rules are now, the the distance that the ball goes due to the ball itself and the drivers is pretty much capped as far as yes. um design goes yeah. and physics goes within the rules the drivers are as hot as they can be within the rules yeah. and the ball as well so it further increases in distance are going to be due seemingly almost in- entirely due to players swinging it faster it's that's club just, head speed what are we going to ban the gym it's yeah, club head speed players and becoming more athletic. And not only that, it has been club head speed for the last 10 to 15 years. I'm, I, th- I think at least the last 10 years, like from like the nineties, early nineties to the late two thousands, like there was a legitimate like development in the technology behind drivers and golf balls. And, and there was balls, an increase. Yeah. The, the, but in the last one, 10 years, the, the last 10 years, so titanium heads, titanium heads, the bigger yep. head to 460cc yep. and the Pro V1. Those are the three things that increase distance. Yes. But in the last, you're right, in the last decade or so, it's been yeah. almost exclusively club head speed and course management. People are hitting driver more often. 
They're just hitting it further. I need to take a quick 30 seconds. It's like, break and I'll be right. So this is good. This is good. Yeah, this was, uh, this was great. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what just happened to Noah, but yeah, he said he's going to take a 30 second break. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing. If he's taking a leak or what? I think, well, if it's 30 seconds, I'd assume it's probably a leak. Yeah. And not a number two. Unless he's the fastest number two in the world. I'm back. Um, But yeah, I, I was, we talked about this earlier when Drew was on before you got on. And it's like the increases in club head speed. That's just due to more people that are in golf viewing it as more of a sport and realizing that more and more that you need to be an athlete to compete at the highest level. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No. And it's like, it's so fun to hit the ball far. We literally have another, and it's own sport, just a long drive contest. It's like, you're going to make one of the most fun things to do in golf, less fun by putting this into effect. Yeah. It's going to go from drive for show and putt for dough to drive yeah, and putt for dough. Just drive, yeah. just drive. So that's yeah. yeah. That that's part of why I was really interested to hear your take, just because you're into golf course architecture and design. So yeah, it's like it's just you can admire former art, like courses that were designed. Like you look at back at like Mackenzie and Donald Ross stuff. It's like yeah, that's some really cool stuff that they did in the early 1900s. Really fun, but it doesn't mean. We need to have professional tour events out there. Just move the professional events to a different course. Honestly. Yeah, that's better suited to it. And so many of those design elements that, you know, the pros maybe are just flying it over now that used to be in play. The average person that plays those courses, it's still in play for them. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. Also, like. So when and if the pros started, are just flying it, if the pros are just flying it over a bunker or a mound yeah. or a hazard that should be in play, according to the architect, that honestly doesn't bother me. It's also, yeah, it's just, just it's a bad hazard. Then if you, if you have I don't a hazard, think the USGA play, needs to be butthurt about that. No. And so here's, here's a thought too. It's like when golf started, dudes were hitting low shots and everything was running out. Do we want to make them go back to that way of golf when they started playing it like at St. Andrews when they're hitting the ball and, and running it around the course rather than nowadays we just fly the ball to every well, and green. have so you seen like the the, vi- the few videos that exist of like what guys golf swings actually looked like in the 1800s? It's like I don't think I have, but I, I bet they're terrible. Basically, they were just is a slap. And now it's like yeah. a complete athletic move. It's like that's yeah. a good that's a good evolution. Dudes are getting legitimately injured from swinging the ball, the club head too hard. Like it's unbelievable what we're doing with the, with the golf clubs. Maybe, maybe just a crazy thought. You can just design courses differently for them. Crazy thought. Or, you know what? He just wants job security. That's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> crazy I thought is there's just nothing wrong with golf, and pros are going to pro and let them let them do what they do. Like who yeah. cares? It's well, they're just right. there's this value. It's just a value game. It's like, do we value do we value playing on old courses, or do we value the game like grow like becoming something new and being able to hit the ball far and stuff? It's like it's just who's to make the call. Just let it happen. Let what happens happen. Interesting. Well, I think I'm going to cut it off since we've been on for quite a while. But it was good yeah. to have you jump in. That was our yeah. first episode of Derailed. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a long episode for me, so I'm gonna probably go take you know, a take snooze. a break, take a nap. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna that was that's actually your first episode in three weeks. So I know I miss I back. miss guys, I miss the bogey train. That's I really the most that's the most it's work an extremely it's an extremely weeks. part-time gig for Noah at this point. I don't I it's don't his first say appearance this in three enough. weeks and he comes on for <laughs> eight minutes. I couldn't say this. I, I don't say this often enough, but I miss being on the bogey train. I really do. Well, maybe next week. Yeah. We'll be back. It's just a time zone. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's 11 o'clock there. Well, I'm in Mount. I, I go, I, I go off mountain time and I'm, I live in <laughs> Eastern time. So it gets all kind of like messed up. So that sounds like, like a you problem. <laughs> it's really confusing. I don't really need to bore you with the details, but <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, all right. everyone, <laughs> oh, if you made it this far, thank you. God uh, bless Noah, you. Great to have you back. Yeah. Those, it's great to be back. Stay episodes. tuned for installments of uh derailed or derailed. off the tracks. <laughs> or not wait, Jenks, wait, Jenks, did you hear about me and Nick's, golf uh little golf contest the other day i heard that you guys were doing some push-ups yeah friday i gotta go look at the youtube push-ups <laughs> um okay good thing he told you about it i just wanted yeah to i also sure posted it on youtube thing. noah in case this, you wanted to see it it is out there i will i'll this, go like subscribe this was uh episode 25 of the bogey train thanks for listening uh you know, like, comment, subscribe, whatever people say about podcasts. Re- give us a review, five star yes, review. Share it. Share it. this uh, is this is the one podcast one that we recorded that I'm like, I actually want this to get out there. I want people to hear what we had to say because I think it was fairly important. And it, I agree. I, th- I think it hasn't been heard enough. I know Noah, you yeah. missed a lot of it. Um, but I, but I, I agree. I think it it needs to get out there because it, yeah. it this is an aspect of this debate that I think has been overlooked. And I want people to hear it yeah so basically no we talked about like how a lot of players that there's not just two buckets of competitive players and recreational players there's players like us that are in the middle and we're kind of getting screwed off the whole deal yeah i'm i'm like really far towards the end of competitive but yeah you guys are probably more in the middle but yeah go ahead nick i tell you what i'm watching this youtube clip and this course looks very similar to a course that they play the masters at every year. no no it's not okay it's it's a completely different idea it's not the same at all all right i well i i get it's not the same it just looks the same no like it gives me the same vibes i think that's just that that's just in your head no this is national it has has a creek it has a creek going through it oh that's that's probably yeah that's a great playing with ricky fowler it's gray's creek (laughs) <laughs> Grace Creek, Grace yes. Creek. <laughs> Gray, Grace Creek. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, episode 25 of the Bogey Train, episode one of Derailed that just came out. Yes. Uh I'm really know, looking review, forward to that project if we get if we move forward with that. Five so. star review. Uh whatever the other thing is that we always say, go follow the YouTube, follow the Instagram, share. Um and yeah. All right. That's all I got. Appreciate it, boys. Till next time. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm -hmm.